What's good everybody? It's your boy Big Nate. Welcome to Big Nate Short Story Club, home of the best short story clubs. And today I am joined by Elliot to discuss a very special story in the penal colony by Franz Kafka. So how are we doing, Elliot? I'm good. It is definitely a very special story. <laughs> very special. Special is one word for it. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, so let's just get this. I feel like this is going to be a big one. So let's get straight into the opening segment. So are you still reading Turn of the Screw? Um, I haven't actually read any of it since the last time we talked. I kind of have That's been funny. in a lull of reading. So. Yeah, we are on break. We are on yeah, break. Yeah, I'm so. just not doing anything lately. Is it because the story is like not good or just because you've been No, busy? it's a good story. I just haven't really been motivated to, to continue with it. But I'm excited to get back to it once my like reading enthusiasm returns yeah yeah it is that time it is that time of the year i on the other hand got uh i basically asked only for books for christmas and i got some yeah i got some good shit so oh good um among among the books is arthur schopenhauer's essays and aphorisms oh cool and i don't know i've heard schopenhauer before so he's like philosophy yeah yeah but he's like literary philosophy and i've heard of him before but I don't know. I feel like he's kind of slept on at least. So I have, I have, it's called Essays and Aphorisms, the Penguin Classic. So I, I could not help myself, but I, so I pulled a couple quotes from here just because it's like, good. yeah, Schopenhauer is, it's like philosophy. But honestly, if you're someone who's trying to get into, if you like literature and you're trying to get into philosophy, I would honestly suggest, and I'm only like, you know, a hundred or so pages in, so this could change, but he has a very literary style. It's like very readable. Okay. And at least That's, this yeah. copy, yeah, at least this copy, it's like broken up into like little chunks of like, it's basically like his quote unquote essays are basically like collections of like paragraph to two paragraph, like chunks that like add up to so it's very like it's It's like like bite-sized pieces (laughs) twitter philosophy (laughs) literally no literally it it, it literally is like that nice maybe a little more full than twitter but not that much it's like up to like 750 characters instead of 200 cool (laughs) okay so i'm just gonna read the very first like literally this is the beginning of the book the first line of the book because he's so schopenhauer is very he i feel like he's known as like the the official like pessimist of philosophy yeah. and he very much is that he's a negative he's a negative <laughs> nelly uh curmudgeon type figure especially like his i won't even get into it but his actual life is he doesn't seem like a like a fun person but so the opening line <laughs> If the immediate and direct purpose of our life is not suffering, then our existence is the most ill-adapted to its purpose in the world. For it is absurd to suppose that the endless affliction of which the world is everywhere full and which arises out of the need and distress pertaining essentially to life should be purposeless and purely accidental. So he's (laughs) basically just like, if if the point of us was not to suffer, then this is, they built us horribly because (laughs) that is all we do is basically just, it's like suffering upon suffering. And (laughs) so, yeah, we are good at that, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, so, okay, then here's another quote. Also, I have a couple more, but this is all within the first two pages, literally of the entire, of the entire book. So he says, just as we are conscious not of the healthiness of our body, but only of the little place where the shoe pinches, so we think not of the totality of our successful activities, but of some insignificant trifle or other which continues to vex us. <laughs> which it's like, he's, so he's making, it is, <laughs> Damn. he's making the All point right. and it's like, we are, he's low-key like, not only 
like he's making basically like a metaphysical justification for why we suffer like in in part of the book at least he's just yeah. like he's just like when everything is going right it basically like we notice nothing at all but the second you get like the little shoe pinch the second you get a little paper yeah. cut all of a sudden yeah. it's like the thing you can think of <laughs> and it's like so much has gone right in your life but then you're getting pissed because you have to like wait in line at the grocery store yeah. or <laughs> or like you're in traffic type thing and then but everything else in your life has gone stupendously and like people would consider their prayers answered if they could be where you're at but it's like but you just can't you can't help but pay attention like anyway. I was just I was actually I was just having a conversation about that yesterday so that's good timing but like I I was thinking about like even if you start out in a sort of really bad place and then move up, you'll still like things that used to not be a concern at all will just become a concern. It's like you just have to have a certain level of discontent in life yeah, just to exactly. be a person. <laughs> exactly. And that's oh, low-key well. like Schopenhauer's point too, is it's like you can like work your way up and the things yeah. that you just wish you could have had fixed, once they're fixed, you completely forget. Like yeah. literally every time I get sick, I'm like, dang, yeah. I need to thank God every fucking day that I'm not sick because this is miserable. Yeah. And then like maybe for a day or two, I'm like, dang, it feels so good to be to be better. And yeah. then it just goes right out the window. And <laughs> it's like my dog, too. I've had to take him to the vet a couple of times and mm. he he hates the vet. Like it is, I swear <laughs> to God, it is more stressful for me to go to the vet than for him because of just oh, no. how much he he just puts up a fight let me tell you he puts up a fight so oh, anyway i'm like dude and it's str like the days leading up and like the the hours leading up are like so stressful and i'm like dude i need to be so glad all the days i don't have to take him to the vet because it's like this is miserable and then i forget until i need to take him again to the next like i just completely so it's that idea where it's like everything going right yeah goes unnoticed and then the smallest insignificant trifle just like demands all of our attention yeah and then time. so like <laughs> and so it's like one of the things so even just like personally like and just in general like this stoic philosophy kind of has an answer to this where it's like you know every time you think about something bad just imagine how it could be worse you know yeah like, and yeah like re reframe things which you know can do some help to being like okay yeah no matter how bad this is it could be like i got his he got a fucking little foxtail thing caught up his nose which is like oh, this little no. fucking hairy plant it's the yeah, it's the worst yeah. anyway that was like miserable and he got it we had a whole operation where he got his nose flushed and it's like okay oh, that was gosh. bad yeah, yeah it was unpleasant as fuck Ugh. But it's like, could have been worse. Because I was reading on people on Reddit where it's like, they had to go in twice. And I could have had oh, to have okay. go in for another rhinos. Any, Anyway, so he says, to, an to answer this, he says, The most effective consolation in every misfortune and every affliction is to observe others who are more unfortunate than we. And everyone can do this. But what does that say for the condition of the whole? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> damn, that's true. Because it's like, it could always be worse. And it yep. is always worse. You know, yep. like, because I'm, I'm talking about like, I'm this, he, like, Huck had to go in for one operation. It could have been two, because I've seen someone yep. else have to go that. And it could have been this. And it's like, oh, dang, I, like, I broke my leg, but I could be in a wheelchair. Or I'm right. in a wheelchair, right. but I could have no. But it's like, that whole way of thinking yeah. is underlied by the fact that it actually is worse for somebody yeah <laughs> and yep. it's like you yep. just infinitely regress into more and more suffering until it's just like yeah what does this say about the whole of humanity uh, yeah <laughs> so, for real so oh, no. anyway that's just a couple of <laughs> schopenhauer lines and he, That's he good had, to, I, I had heard of Schopenhauer before and like knew he's some cool. very basic stuff about him, but I've never read any of his stuff. So that's it's, uh, 
it's been a blast. I don't. Ag- I certainly don't agree with everything he says. Well, but that's it's, how it goes. It, and it's a blast to read. Like it's just nice. a straight pleasure. So okay, on to the story. On to okay. in the penal colony. So yeah, I, I'll could, get. You I, could be in this story if you're feeling like <laughs> going to the vet sucks. You could be in this story. Exactly. You could be anyway. any one of the characters in this story. L- basically, for real. God, any of them would be like not a good person to be. Yeah. So, okay, I did, I'm trying to do this thing where I do a little more, like, background into, like, the okay. story and, like, re, uh, the author and stuff. So, yeah. okay, this, whatever, this it was published in 1914, but basically this, this story has had a tremendous influence just on, like, a number of different art forms. And I sent you a couple last night, yes. for instance. Uh, Very interesting. Very, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> no, I mean, shout out Wikipedia. Like I said, that's the full extent of research I will ever do is, is Wikipedia. <laughs> and they do all the work for you. So, okay, among among the ex- uh, examples of influence that this story has had in music, there is Frank Zappa. Zappa Zappa? I think it's Zappa. I'm not okay, sure, though. That sounds yeah. right. That sounds right. Or Frank Zappa recommends the short, like, reading that you listen to in the penal colony before listening to their track, uh, The Chrome-Plated Megaphone of Destiny, (laughs) which I will play a clip of here. It's very... It's not inaccurate it's yeah, very no, that spooky seems about right i actually i looked into that song to see like why um and the like especially because the title like what is what is up with the title mm. it turns out it's like related to dolls that people would have and there's like a little chrome piece that they would put over like the like the crotch area oh, um, that would no. determine whether the doll was going to end up being a boy doll or a girl what doll. The fuck? So Dude, that's I don't crazy. know. I don't completely know how all of these pieces fit together. Yeah. But like, anyway, <laughs> that's... there's that also. <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, and certainly the mood of this, like, it's first off, it feels weird to even call it a song because it's almost yeah. just like noises, just sort of atmospheric, atmospheric. Chaos. But it does yeah. seem to, it does seem to capture the mood. Like he yep. says to read in the penal colony, which I did, and then listen to it, and it's yep. like this is not the only thing I will say is it's almost like the song is almost like too on the nose, like yeah. scary, weird horror. Because I think what makes this story so good and like what adds to the surrealness of it is it's like it's got elements of horror but Mm -hmm. it's like for some reason it's also grounded in like normalcy in some weird way yep definitely which which we'll talk about but so um among others joy division was inspired by the story to write the song colony which i will also play a clip of here and then there's apparently like this rock band called women who features a song called penal colony in which they reference the story
so those are just a few of I mean, interesting. It's kind of interesting how this story has had an influence in like music of all things. Yeah, and that might have to do with the nature of music being like atmospheric, like you said, because this story yeah. is very atmospheric. It just gives a very strange, weird move mood that like is in a yeah. way like musical, because it's like not quite verbal. Because it's like I can't right. tell you why this is weird, but it is. Yeah, it is very like sort of a background oppressive environment that I think does lend itself to having sort of like a droning tone happening musically which yeah I mean especially you know that that crops up in the the um Frank Zappa song and Joy Division is always kind of droney (laughs) and I think droning is a good word and we'll we'll talk about that when we get to the story but there is an element like almost like this like weird drowsy sleepy Mm -hmm. element to like the story but we'll put a pin in that so uh, okay so it's been influenced it has influences in literature so for instance our mutual friend actually nate gh is has read this book in fact the whole series gene wolf's shadow of the torturer and basically like the head of the head of the guild or whatever he's giving this tour of like the facilities to a condemned prisoner and he describes a device there that is identical to the apparatus in, okay. in the penal colony. Interesting. So, yeah, and then um, Weird. and then I've actually read this book and I don't know, for some reason I didn't even make this connection, so thank you Wikipedia, <laughs> but um, Haruki Murakami's Kafka on the Shore obviously is a reference oh, to yeah. Kafka. And the protagonist is named Kafka and his favorite story he says is in the penal colony. Oh, weird. It is. Well, that's that's a statement. That's a character statement right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And um, also, in, of all things, in uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, there is like this magic object called the Black Quill. Have you seen Harry Potter? Yeah. I actually have not. So there's oh, really? okay. maybe I've seen parts like, yeah, I've been meaning to get around to it, actually, because it was the what I did watch was amazing. But yeah, yeah. so yeah, there's this thing called obvious. maybe you'll be familiar with it, it's called the Black Quill. Yes. And it inscribes words onto people's body yes. through like scarring and it's used as punishment where they repeatedly oh, write I the for- cause I of punishment. I forgot about that, that that would be a connection. But that is absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Spot on. No, no question. <laughs> exactly. It's like literally just like a feather version of the of the yeah. apparatus, basically. And then finally, it makes an appearance of all things in video games as well. For instance, Resident Evil Revelations 2. It is set on an island colony. The first episode is called The Penal Colony. And in that episode, you find a file within the game which contains an excerpt from, like an actual excerpt from In the Penal Colony. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it also has like one of the locations in the on the island has a torture device very similar to the one described by Kafka. So. Oh, damn. Yeah, I mean, it it's does all seem over the like place. The sort of thing that would crop up in a horror game because it is like interactive and like distressing. <laughs> so. And just like so, cr- like it's horrific, but like creatively horrific oh, too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, the the apparatus itself is just like the weirdest fucking thing. I'm I'm so I'm really looking forward to discussing this apparatus and like yeah. why it is the way it is. Yeah, in, indeed. So, okay, just real quick, a little bit on Kafka, and then okay, we got because yeah. this there, there's a lot to talk about. So I'll be I'm just trying to do my due diligence yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. So yep. Kafka, of course, kind of the man who needs no introduction. He's inspired a number of writers like uh, Jorge Luis Borges, which is a personal favorite of mine. Big influence on Gabriel Garcia Marquez, Camus, Sartre, Jose Saramago, author of Blindness, J.D. Salinger, obviously Haruki Murakami, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, the list goes on. So. 
Um, this also, I think, is worth noting is that he was trained as a lawyer. Yeah. And he worked full time at like this insurance company that he straight up despised. He despised the work because it took away so much of his writing. And the lawyer thing factors in heavily because, well, we'll talk about just even within this story, but, you know, the notion of justice and law. But also, so I've read The Trial by Kafka, which is a crazy piece of writing. And it's crazy, too, because he didn't even he didn't even finish that novel. Like all of his novels were technically unfinished because he died. He died at 40 from tuberculosis. Yeah. It's like, damn, that sucks. Yeah. What a way to like (laughs) so early. And then this motherfucker, I'm actually pissed at him. Like, I'm genuinely <laughs> mad at him because he burnt, not, like, an estimated yeah. 90% of his work. Him yeah. alone. Yep. And then in his will, he, like, requested that all his other work be burned. But his yep. friend, his, like, good literary friend, um, Broad, like, Max Broad or something. Yeah, Max Broad. Like, basically, he's like, I'm not fucking burning that shit. But among the things yeah. he asked to burn was the trial. And the idea that the trial could have been burnt and then let alone what else he has burnt is just, like... Yeah. It's horrifying to think about. Like, that all we have of Kafka is, like, yeah. this small minority of what actually remained. And it's, like, a ma- literally virtually all of his work was burnt, which is it's tragic. So, it's so interesting to think about, like, why would he be motivated to do that like what is what is the reason and like obviously he's like a troubled a troubled guy like he's <laughs> yeah because you've read some of his diaries with, right like, yeah yeah he's his diaries are just like thing after thing of just like i ate a bad peach want to die like that sort of thing <laughs> so and then like obviously he has a lot of you know he's concerned about systems that are difficult like social structural systems that are like impenetrable and confusing and so uh, that's imagine, okay so the fact that you yeah. say that sorry that is the trial is basically yeah. he gets he gets accused of something and he's trying he has uh, no idea what he's being accused for and he's trying to figure out like literally just figure out what's happening and impenetrable is the word like he cannot yeah. he just keeps getting shuffled around and around and he at no point is able to get anywhere cl- and so okay anyway i won't even talk about it but it also has this surreal dreamlike yeah. quality throughout the whole thing so and anyway, I feel like yeah, that crops up in this story as well because it is like this background of like this. I mean, we'll we'll get into it more, but it it's, it has that kind of tone of being a confusing but specific system, and you know, even the metamorphosis I think has has elements of heavy concern with the structures that the characters are in. Um, so I I could like he's trying imagine- to get to work still, you know, like yeah, he's still, right. he wakes up as a he cockroach. He's like, I'm gonna be late. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, so I could like. I don't know a lot of the details about like why he did the things that he did during his life, but I could at least imagine that somebody who is that sort of feels socially alienated and structurally confused would be disturbed by the concept of his creative works existing past his control over them and possibly entering like the the publishing system or anything like that so i could Mm. i could maybe picture that and then i mean who knows but yeah it's it's crazy to think what what he wrote that just does not exist anymore yeah Um, exactly and so he apparently also had like crippling self-doubt about his about his work and he of course like all the best writers he died in complete obscurity which i find that so tragic too because he clearly had like self-esteem issues about his writing and the reason he hated uh, the insurance work is because he it was taking away from his time of writing. Like writing mm. was his passion, mm-hmm. 
and he put his all into it and then he died so early and completely unrecognized and he literally went on to be one of the most like seminal writers of the 20th century it's just yeah. like i don't know i actually find that shit very sad yeah but it also kind of like how many i mean i i always get off on this but like like get this tangent but like what um how many other like writers just didn't know exactly like, like died and were never recognized and are still not recognized like or fucking like burnt their work for real <laughs> yeah for real god or like put their work away in a house and then like it flooded or whatever <laughs> no literally because yeah. okay so like uh kafka one of his like uh one of his lovers dora diamant basically ignored his wishes to burn his mm-hmm. uh to burn his writing as well and he kept uh, and she kept it and it had 20 notebooks and 35 letters. So that's a substantial amount of writing. Yeah, and it yeah. was confiscated by the fucking Gestapo. And oh, it's God. still and it's still not fa- like scholars oh, apparently wow. are still continuing to search for it. Like it could oh, be God. out there. And so I have I mentioned this somewhere, but I have the complete stories of Franz Kafka. Okay. And nice. long story short, I came upon this podcast that it was like four newly discovered Kafka writings like they actually found new and I'm like is that in the complete stories and it wasn't in the complete story so the idea is it's like they straight up actually found it like they unearthed it yeah after they thought they had so there's some hope but what's fucked up is it's like okay they found some of this writing right it's literally some of the best Kafka I have read in terms of like it's like the very short stories almost like the parables but it's literally like amazing and it's just it's just because it's like he's not burning 90 percent of his work which is just like trash like everything that's been found is actually just like straight up some of kafka at his best and anyway it's like that's just that's fucked up i wonder like i mean this is just speculating but i wonder if he burned it out of any kind of did he burn it because he didn't like it or did he burn it because it's like oh no this is for me I don't know. Like, I, I mean, he had a lot of self-doubt, so I, yeah. Who's to say? Which, it, which to is say? a good, which is a good, it's kind of a nice moral dilemma. Because it's like, mm-hmm. if he really did want it truly just for him. Yeah. Like, is it something that should be shared for the world? And right. I'm like, yes, bro. Fuck with you, right. Kafka. This, right. ain't, this isn't about you anymore. <laughs> We're on Big Nate Short Story Club. I mean, he's dead. Club. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But no, and just to, just as a final point to talk about just how, valued kafka became as a writer he so some of his so some of someone who had possession of his writing was basically holding on to it for a long time and it was eventually sold literally for two million dollars to the german literary archive museum of modern literature and then the the archive had it and long story short this case went all the way because they were like you need to give this to the public and it literally went all the way up to the supreme court who ruled that it be that it be released publicly okay so Kafka. That's this is the caliber of writer we're working with. Is the Supreme Court is literally like, you gotta release that shit. Yeah. We, this is a public. This is a public necessity. This is a public yeah. right. So that's the author that we're talking about today, and this is one of his <laughs> major, one of his most famous pieces of writing um, in the penal colony. So let me just say what. Let me just ask, what were your first impressions upon reading this? I mean, I it's hard to like even give my first impression in words because it's just sort of like an oh god sort of <laughs> it is literally yeah that it just wrote you're, you're right it is very yeah. difficult to talk about kafka because like so much of what he does is is mood like i said yeah. it's like almost like non-verbal what yeah. what the mood that he's able to convey and yeah. I, I feel i feel you completely but yeah go on there's so much like talking like verbal description of what's going on in the story that like um sorry my chair is like 
making noises. I'm moving around. But um, there's so much verbal description from the officer and like different people in this story who, where they're just talking a lot. But it, it's almost like that contributes more to a tone than to any actual statable message. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. It's a weird story. And I think I I feel like I and probably others based on very, very cursory looking at like Wikipedia and stuff. I'm, I'm really tempted to try to read it as some kind of like theological topic, but I can't, I can't really make sense of that. Like, oh, I'm going, I'm going full, I'm going whole hog into the religious okay. interpretation. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very ready to do that. I just, yeah. it's, it's very piecemeal in my head about how the different pieces fit together. So um, yeah, and no, exactly. Yeah. This is what I think is kind of the beauty of Kafka. So Camus said of Kafka that, the, like the secret, the beauty of Kafka is that he demands like rereading. Yeah. And it's so true. So like when I read, when I first read this story, I was me and my lady friend went to like this boba place yeah. and just to like, just to, she got a book, I got a book, we're going to read. So I read the nice. hunger artist or a okay. hunger artist rather. Yeah. And then in the penal colony. That's and what a, what a set of things to read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I started reading it and I just got like, ingro- it just sucked me into its world. And I finished it and you're right, speechless really. Is yeah. the, like if you had asked me like, what, what did I think about that? It's like, I could not tell you. All I know is I just read like one of the yep. best short stories <laughs> of my life <laughs> and I can't articulate why or what it is, but for yep. sh- like, this I'm de- I'm describing it as it it felt like I was literally like my soul was hit with a gong and it was just oh, like man. resound it was just <laughs> resounding in me like that, and, I mean and it, yeah true honestly yeah and and then it's like the full like for the next couple of days I would literally just be doing my thing and out of nowhere just in my mind boom like I would think of me some too. element had, of the story yeah. I had the same and, thing like I just kept thinking about like man that story. And it's like, there's all these moving parts and it's like, you're just going about your life and it's like, wait, then you make a connection. It's like, yep. wait, what about this, that, and the other? And we'll, yep. you know, we'll talk about all that, but there is, there is a kind of like magic to this story. And I think yeah. a magic to Kafka's writing in general, that is all like this, where it's yeah. inarticulable, but it is, you just know for certain that it is an amazing piece of literature. And yes. then you kind of almost need to reverse engineer your way. Like, why was this so good? Yeah. And yeah. that is basically going to be what... <laughs> this this podcast is yeah and i think like part of the i mean obviously part of the the merits of it is the fact that when you get to the end of it even if you've reread it it's so difficult to pinpoint exactly what is being said and that confusion of it is just such another layer of the way that it works like it creates its own atmosphere and it says its own stuff and the action happens and stuff but then another another layer atop that is just the sort of reader experience of being like, what the fuck? So Cause it's yeah. Cause you know what I think it is. And honestly, what makes it so difficult to articulate is like the, the truly surreal aspect mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. where it's not. And this is what I meant where it's like that chrome painted megaphone of destiny mm-hmm. thing. It's almost too obviously like weird and kind of horrific and strange yeah. Kafka. It's like, you'll read it. And then it's like, okay, that was fucking, that was weird, but it just seems very, like, normal. And there's enough normalcy going on that it's, like, you you don't think you're in, like, that kind of, it doesn't become horrific because it's still so grounded. It's still so grounded. But then at the same time, it's just, like, weird thing after weird thing happens, and it kind of almost crescendos, and then you get this ending, which is just, like, 
what the f and it's like the story is clearly trying to say something like it's trying to Definitely. tell you something but you can't like right. you can't penetrate what it's actually trying to say it just like it's requires like, a lot of you have to just accept the sort of frustration yeah. of not yep. totally being able to understand what it's saying because it's it feels like it's just right there and it's like am i just stupid but no it's that's just what it is that's what it's exactly like. and <laughs> You saying it's right there. It's like this, I honestly feel like a good way. It's almost like iceberg theory status mm -hmm. where it's like you're getting mm -hmm. like the surface level of stuff, but there is an enorm like the story is underneath everything yes. that is happening and you're just seeing the utmost surface level of it. But there's a like there's depth, there's real yeah. depth behind yeah. the surface level view of what you're seeing. Which I think is true in this story of both the the message of the story and the the world building because there's clearly like a whole system and culture and stuff built into this yeah. background of the story that we only get hints of and you kind of like wonder what what's going on there but like the message you can't it's not for you to know it's exactly. not part of it yeah inaccessible yep or at least not articulable but yep. okay <laughs> Let's get into the story because okay. there's a lot, a lot of ground to cover. So I'm just going to start. I did not know what a penal colony was. So mm -hmm. I, for our people, for our listeners who are in the same boat as me. So a definition here. A penal colony is a settlement used to exile prisoners and separate them from the general population by placing them in a remote location, often an island or distant colonial territory. And like often in the penal colony, they'll be forced to do labor. So I just, just to throw all that out there, because I think it's going to be something that, that crops yeah. up. And it's like in the title itself like yeah. in the penal colony weirdly australia started that way really so uh, yeah it was a penal australia colony was a penal that's yeah, crazy so like a bunch of you know prisoners from ireland and stuff got sent there by the british empire um dang that's crazy that's away. actually wild yeah yeah dang they're just so. they're just there uh throwing shrimp on the barbie <laughs> yep <laughs> okay but no that's fucked up yeah but anyway. yeah <laughs> sorry okay so okay. i i feel like the beginning of the story is basically like just setting the scene for things and it's like almost like world like you said like it, it's introducing us to this little world that yeah. that this story takes place in so there's an execution taking place there's like this apparatus and they're described like in terms of setting it's described as this the execution is taking place in, in a small sandy valley a deep hollow surrounded on all sides by naked crags so just i want to put a pin in that too because like I, I think the setting in here also has some like incon not necessarily inconsistencies but things that like don't quite match up yes. which adds on to everything so for yep. one they're on they're on an island and we can so maybe i'm getting a little ahead of myself here but like the officer has like the the um like the heavy uniform on mm -hmm. and he's like surely the uh the explorer which we'll get into the characters in a second the explorer is like surely that uniform is too heavy for the tropics yeah and it's like, okay, wait, tropics. Like you're, yeah. you just said it's like endless sandy valley, deep hollow surrounded by naked crags, which I picture crags as like cliff sides almost. Yeah. And then yeah. they're on an island that is also the tropics. Yeah. So this is also, those were just kind of thrown in there. I'm just bringing it all together right now. But yeah. that is one thing that contributes to like the weirdness of the situation just Definitely. right off the bat. And there's like definite. Well, I mean, we'll get into this more, but there's character elements I think that are also confusing. Like with the the officer, like how old is this guy? Like it's it's, it's very perplexing. How old? I didn't the even. Officer I didn't even. Is. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Holy shit! Because you're right. He he's with the old. So yeah, now we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But he he was back in <laughs> it's the hard days not with the. To. Yeah, it <laughs> is because so it's all linked. 
But yeah. he's he's way back in the day, the old days of the old yeah. commandant. Yeah. So it's almost like he's lived through. I didn't even think about that. He's lived through like an entire yeah. like, generations of yeah. of so leaders. So okay, uh, yeah, let me wow. just set set some of the scene for for that part before because mm-hmm. I I want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so there's early on in the story the officer character who is sort of in charge of this execution is describing that there used to be a different commandant or I don't know how, yeah, where the emphasis in that word goes, but commandant um, who started this format of execution that he's about to describe and demonstrate. Um, But that, that regime has ended and now there's a new regime. But the officer also describes himself as being like surprisingly young for the, the office that he holds. And he's oh his youth. He says, he says, I'm, I'm in the, he says, I'm the, the, like the judge appointed judge, despite my youth. He said, shit, that's true. what is that about? Like, how has he been around for this long oh that he knows all this stuff and he's got so much expertise in this, but also is very young, evidently. I don't know. It's Shit, confusing. I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that. You're right. Because he does talk about how, like, and I was just thinking, it's like, you know, because he's so enthusiastic about the work, like mm-hmm. he ascended the ranks or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's true. Because he talks about how he was in the very early days yep. of the commander. And then he had his entire regime. And then yep. now the new commander is here and has been instigating all these changes. And he is, despite his youth, he's still there. That is, yeah, that is so true. So even just right off, I didn't even notice that. And then like, or, and then the setting is like weird. And then, so we're also like in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like yeah. there's nothing that the eye can see except endless sand. And then, so here I'll describe, I'll introduce the characters. So it says, nice. there was no one present save the officer, the explorer, the condemned man, who was a stupid looking wide mouthed creature with bewildered hair and face, and the soldier who held the heavy chain controlling the small chains locked on the prisoner's ankles, wrists, and neck. So just, I would just like to flag there, well, we will definitely talk about this, but the condemned man is described as stupid looking wide mouthed creature with bewildered hair and face. And like throughout the story, yeah. he is described as kind of like, stupid like he has yeah, like this, no he really is yeah like this like gaping mouth and he's like looking back and forth like all droopy and like just like not saying a thing he he just seems he's not painted in a he's painted in an almost animalistic way which absolutely will yeah, put a like, pin in I, that i also like just to just to give a note to our our dear listeners here um we're <laughs> working with slightly different translations right. so if i am saying something that is not identical to what your translation says and it's interesting then we can bring that up but just Mm -hmm. for the sake of it like it describes the condemned man in this translation anyway as having an expression of such dog-like resignation so it's very Mm. very animalistic and he's on a chain like that's kind of um leash and collary that the the soldier is holding and yeah he's just he's just along for the ride he does not know what's up (laughs) yeah okay translation will be honestly i kind of I was of the opinion, it's like, is it better to read one translation or two? And I kind of like the right. idea of reading two separate translations yeah. so you get both perspectives because yeah. that was different than mine. And then, okay. but related to the dog thing, uh, it later says in mine, the condemned man looks so like a submissive dog that mm-hmm. one might have thought he could be left to run free on the surrounding hills and would only need to be whistled for when the execution was due to begin. 
It's like that's just a weird description. Like to, to describe so somebody, weird. he looks so submissive. You could let him go, and you could just whistle, and he'd come running back. So it's like you have this like wide mouth. It literally, my translation says, "stupid looking creature." Yeah. That is described as a dog who looks so submissive and almost like simple and like like I said, yeah. yeah, stupid that you could just whistle and he'd come running like a dog to his execution. Yeah. So and the condemned man plays an enormous role in this story, actually. So he does. It's yeah. it's good to outline all this. He doesn't. And does he get any lines of dialogue? If he does, it's very minimal. Shit, I don't think he does. I yeah. don't think he, that's what's so weird about this too. Is especially the the soldier and the condemned man have a just absolutely wild dynamic. They but really part of do. what makes this so weird is they don't speak throughout this yeah. whole thing that we're talking about. They don't speak. Yeah. And they can they might gesture and they might like. There's a point which you know we'll get into where they're like guffawing. Yeah. But it's like they're not talking. They're like noiseless. But yep. anyway, so also, okay, we have that. And then we have like this torture device. Like that is yes. all this is. And so I don't really picture. Which is I don't kind really... of a character in its own right, honestly. Like the True. Very yeah. true. I think the, the commandants, both of them kind of, and the torture device are kind of the like additional characters in the story. Yeah. But yeah. But so yeah, when they were describing like the uh, the torture device and just like the whole setting in general. Yeah. Personally, I because I don't really pay. I don't have. And I want to ask you actually about. Do you do you have mental images when you read? I actually one of my friends just asked me about this, so this is a good good timing. Okay. Um, I do a little bit, but they're not super clear. Same. Um, just sort of okay. vague impressions of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, very vague. I normally don't picture anything really, okay. except, unless it's yeah. like a really good image or something yeah. like a very vivid one. I'll get a little like, like you said, vague hint yeah. about something. Whereas I talk to people and it's like to them it's like a movie. It's like a yeah. movie playing yeah. out in their head. It's like wow. I, I kind of like wish I had that, but I, I don't experience that. Yeah, I don't. I'm of two. I'm of two minds because I kind of. But yeah, but it's weird though because like I need good imagery. Like if mm-hmm. there's not good imagery, it's terrible. Like it's a yeah. bad. And then it's just bad writing. But it's just weird because yeah. I don't. But anyway, what came to mind, and it's weird that I even did this because it's like I don't even follow painting like this but mm-hmm. what came to mind was a salvador dali painting for me okay because, i can definitely see that yeah because c- he's surreal and i feel like i've seen sandy stuff so here let me do, so he's describing the torture device he says on once and there's like a pit that they've dug so on once on one side of the pit the excavated soil had been piled up in a rampart on the other side of it stood the apparatus so it's like there is just endless sandy valleys. Yeah. There's like these four people. How do they get here? What are they doing here? Why? Like none of that is clear. And yeah. it's like just in front of me, I picture like I t- a torture device, a pit, and a pile of like soil that has been excavated, which is like... Did they just excavate the soil right then and there? Right? Like, yeah, did they that's just another, dig the like, grave? The timeline of all of this is crazy because I would not think that a pile of soil would stay there for very long, but it's. Mm-hmm. You get know. the idea that it was like just dug out. Yeah. And, but so again, just like this empty scene, but with like these very specific, like just out of nowhere, like points on it, just like this torture device. And then like these four characters. So that's just like setting the scene of where the fuck is, where even, yeah. what this, this is basically where most of the story takes place. Although the very, the end, of course, is critical yeah. and takes yeah. place in the penal colony. But, so then it's like more or less just the officer explaining the apparatus device with just straight 
it's enthusiasm is not even the right word. It's like almost like a religious fervor. Right. But like he's yeah. getting way too into this. It's very yeah. Somebody somebody explaining a religious ritual that they are feel blessed to be participating in and to understand and stuff. Yeah, um, and it's like any little interruption, like you know, the the explorer will ask a question, and you can just tell he's getting frustrated. Like this is this is inhibiting my ability yeah. to explain the apparatus. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like the, you're asking about why the condemned prisoner was sentenced. <laughs> what that doesn't matter. I'm trying to explain. You're asking the, apparatus. the wrong questions, my guy. Like, come exactly. On. <laughs> this is clearly the star of the show. Exactly. Um, yeah. And just like every little interruption, he just kind of gets like furious at. Like it's yeah. just like the most important thing in him to the world that he is explaining that, and it's like he's getting. This is what I think makes it kind of strange too. It's just like he, he's getting so into it that it's like you know so. Like later on, the the explorer asks, like, "Oh, has he been like? How does the sentence run? How does this whatever? How does this work?" And then he 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 like the uh, the the officer just looks in amazement. He says, "You haven't been told that either." He said yeah. with amazement, and yeah. then he like and then he bites his lip. Like yep. I thought that was yeah. just such a good detail. Like it's like a full body thing. He's like, "You haven't been explained that either." Like anyway, he's describing this apparatus, which basically just to describe what the apparatus is. Basically, there's a there is um, there's three parts to it. The lower one is called the bed. The upper one, the designer, and this one here in the middle that moves up and down is called the harrow. And if the listener does not know what a harrow was, like I did not, look it up because it is actually gnarly as fuck. It's like a it's like a farm. It's like that farm device where it's just like needle. It's like that huge like square thing of like rows of needles that drags yeah. through the. So that's yeah. like a harrow. And even just looking yeah. at. <laughs> Uh, exact. I know for real. And just looking it's, at that it's is harrowing, like unnerving. so to speak. Haha. <laughs> Ex- <Anyway>. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, so <laughs> sorry. And then no, no. But so the explorer is at this point like this is what's weird too is he's like in the beginning he's not even really paying attention. He's it says he's yeah. not listening very attentively. For the glare of the sun in the shadeless valley was altogether too strong. It was difficult to collect one's thoughts. So I'm just throwing that out there because, yeah. like, the sun is kind of a thing and, like, this penetrating heat, which just adds almost to, like, the sleepy, lethargic quality. Yeah. And it's like, but they're also in the tropics. This shadeless right. valley is somehow also in the tropics. On an, yeah. And we're on an island. Keep this in mind. And yeah. it's like, it's just weird. It's like, okay, first off, why is anybody here in the first place? And then the explorer, he's, like, not even paying attention. He's, like, not even really listening at first because it's like... But there's like a torture device and there's like this medieval fucking it's, torture device. It's that- really weird how disconnected everybody is from this torture device other than the officer because it's such a I mean even if you didn't know it was a torture device, it's such a weird sounding contraption that it seems like if you saw it you would be interested. And if you knew exactly. that it was you were there looking at it because you were about to witness an execution, you would be especially kind of tuned in. But even the, like, the prisoner is, like, not super, like, the condemned man is, like, not super tracking what's what's happening, and the explorer is supposed to be, I mean, what what he's doing here is not super apparent until later, but, you know. And even, seems, the, even then, it's even, like, yeah. 
And then the soldier too, he's like, he's yeah. straight up like sleeping. Like he's yep. just straight, he's propped up on his rifle, not giving a fuck about anything. Yep. And then, and then this is like, so then the explorer and the soldier are not really like paying attention or sorry, the, I get, I'm going to get these characters confused. The I condemned know. man and <laughs> yeah. the soldier are not really paying attention. And it says that did not surprise the explorer for the officer was speaking French and certainly neither the soldier mm-hmm. nor the prisoner understood a word of French. Which begs, the, I mean, a couple questions. It's like, what? So, what language do they speak? Why yeah. does this? Why does this officer know French? Just, yeah, I don't know. The so language is, thing is interesting. The the whole that's another thing that I think is important part of the sort of contextualizing atmosphere coming into this is like, it's it's a penal colony in the tropics, which is pretty clearly far away from wherever all of these people are from. Yeah, and also a shadeless sandy valley at the yeah, same time. So Yeah. Yeah. So the the setting is weird and it's also presumably pretty far away from wherever these people are from, which don't know where they're from. I was assuming Europe because of the French thing, but who's yeah. to say? The explorer is from a different place from like not from the same originating country as the officer so who knows about that um and i think it kind of gives the impression of like this penal colony has become its own whole little culture that is not even necessarily connected to whatever the country of origin of these people are and it's hard to tell like is the soldier from this bizarre tropical island or is he from back wherever home theoretically is for these people is the prisoner like where is anyone from this is clearly like something has spun off and become weird like you know are we are we in a lord of the flies situation yeah (laughs) like i don't know and the isolated nature of things is is right on the mark too because the whole story just feels like it's suspended in this like other world like it has no connection with like the but it's but we're again weirdly it's like just normal enough to be like grounded like they have a so anyway yeah all of of everybody the boredom and apathy of everybody really contributes to to the sort of normalcy of the horror because it's a really extremely horrible thing to, but then to have everybody just be sort of like, oh, God, all right, I don't know, is like... Yeah, the explorer yeah. is disinterested. The soldier is basically like sleeping, the condemned yep. man. And so it says, the prisoner was nonetheless making an effort to follow the officer's explanations. With a kind of drowsy persistence, he directed his gaze wherever the officer pointed a finger. So it's like he's paying attention. Yeah. But he's like, you can just picture him like slowly looking back and forth. Yeah. He doesn't understand what's being said. He's just, and he's like this, again, stupid looking yeah. wide mouth creature it's just like looking back and forth kind of like it, dumbly. It becomes pretty quickly apparent that he doesn't know even necessarily that he's out here to be executed. Um, yeah, exactly. So, but but that's that's what's weird too. He's in yeah. fucking chains. Like obviously yeah. whatever is about to happen, it's going to happen to him. Right. And so obviously he got arrested for something, which we'll talk about, which yep. we'll talk, we can talk that's about later. That's a weird later. thing too. Yeah, anyway. But, you know, it's like the the assumption is that he doesn't he's because he doesn't know he doesn't know what anybody's saying you know surely this has nothing to do with him but it's obviously got yeah. to do with he is in, yep. he's chained with like chains on chains on chains yep. and like the soldier is guarding him and he's describing this what is obviously like a torture device even if you don't <laughs> immediately know like it's got something to do with you like yep. you're in the middle of this sandy valley locked up in so that's what's yeah and exactly. if that's everybody weird. has known about this because it like used to be a big deal under the old regime then mm-hmm. surely somebody would have 
brought back some information about what yeah. this thing does. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Again, that's just adding to the surrealness of it. Yeah. It's just like he's interested, but he's not that interested. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. And so it's just, again, things not quite clicking up into black. It kind of makes sense, but it also, like, the co- the corners aren't overlapping completely yeah. here. So, and then it's, like, the then we get more about, like, the the officer just getting really into this explanation. So he's describing, like, the, the bed having, like, cotton wool, and the yeah. condemned man is going to be laid naked, of course. Of course he has to be yeah. laid naked onto this thing. And he even he he takes the explorer's hands and guides it over the bed. Just this idea of like you are getting way too into this. <laughs> and it, then yeah, at, yep. at this point too, the bed and the designer um, are described as looking like two dark wooden chests, which I think are yes. important. Sounds an awful like awful lot like a coffin to me. It does it does a dark wooden chest? It sure so does. We can yeah. We'll put a pin in that. We'll put a pin in that. But. So then he describes like what, so it's like, there's this device. What does it actually do? So he says, as soon as the man is strapped down, the bed is set in motion. It quivers in minute, very rapid vibrations, both from side to side and up and down. The movements are all precisely calculated. You see, they have to correspond very exactly to the movements of the harrow, which which corresponds exactly to the human form. And basically they, like, it, it gets revealed that this thing is basically like inscribing the punishment into the prisoner like the harrow with this like harmony between the bed and the harrow like vibrating yeah. these precise calculations is like carving repeatedly the weirdest weirdest tattoo experience of life <laughs> <laughs> exactly and that's like that i'm thinking the black quill thing like that is yeah like they're yep. describing the punishment so yep. he's he says whatever commandment the prisoner has disobeyed is written upon his body by the harrow the, this prisoner for instance will have written on his body all caps by the way honor thy superiors yep which yeah so we'll talk about like what very helpful to to get that when you're dying <laughs> to get you know, tortured with he, yeah because yeah, he won't be able to enact it because he's dead i don't anyway it, yeah, and, yeah and it's like and just repeatedly because we learned that this goes on for like this is a process that goes on for 12 hours yep. and it just gets it just drives deeper and deeper yeah and it's like this part is like weird and kind of morbid too so it says the prisoner is listening with all his ears and is in an effort to catch what was being said yet the movement of his blubber lips closely pressed together showed clearly that he could not understand a word so again just like a weird to have such a sort of normal and piece by piece description of like systematically what's going to happen to this guy that is taking place in this relatively just sort of i'm conveying information way but that's also kind of religiously ecstatic and like just a weird tone but in a way that is right in front of this guy who is it's about to happen to and he doesn't know what it's what is happening like that's that's such a bizarre He's straining his ears. Exactly. It's morbid and he's straining his ears. But then it's like he he throws in the the detail of like the movement of his blubber lips. Yes. Yep. Which It's very uh, yeah, very unflattering to this poor guy. (laughs) Which makes the which just adds elements of weirdness to the whole story. It's like you have this like dog like creature 
described thing that's yeah. like blubber lips and he's like just straining to listen sleepily looking back and forth yeah. and is failing to like register just again all these little elements of weirdness that yep. just like taking all this whole thing together and like we're pretty early into the story so far too yeah yeah <laughs> like so and then they describe basically he's like the explorer is asking like whether or not he's like he's like okay well surely he knows his sentence right he said does he know does he know his sentence no said the officer eager to go on with his exposition but the explorer interrupted him he doesn't know the sentence that has been passed on him no there would be no point in telling him he'll learn it on his body and then it says the explorer intended to make no answer but he felt the prisoner's gaze which seemed to ask if he approved such goings on so it's like again weird element too where it's just like the prisoner is just looking back and forth and you know he wasn't going to say anything but the prisoner is just staring at him and then he says so then he ends up speaking up he says but surely he knows that he has been sentenced nor that either then he can't know whether his defense was effective he has had no chance of putting up a defense said the officer <laughs> and oh and God. then it's like yeah. and then he says this is how the matter stands I've been appointed the judge in this penal colony. And then at some point in this part, I think he says, despite my youth. Yeah, yep. And then he says, my guiding principle is this. Guilt is never to be doubted. So, yeah. Now <laughs> There's we're a take. Learning- There's a take. Yep. <laughs> now we're learning the content. And this is like what you mentioned earlier of this impenetrability of like yeah. systems and like yeah. the law. And this is very much a theme of like the trial too, where it's like, He's been charged with this. He's guilty. There is yep. no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yep. The guiding principle is guilt is never to be doubted. Yep. And it's like, so, again, just adding further layers to this, it's like this. there's this there's this prisoner who has had no chance of defense, and he's been brought here for a reason. I'll, I'll describe the scene that he ends up getting, like, uh, accused of for in, in a second. But it's just a, another element where it's just like there is no... There's like the pretense of an organized system here. There's the illusion yeah. of like a governmental body, yeah. but it's a guilt is never to be doubted. He like he has no was his defense effective? He has no defense. Right. He's guilt. He's guilty. And he he describes like the the fact of this being kind of how it used to be again, and how the new commandant wants to change it and like involve yeah. more courts to like essentially he kind of seems to think that that's just sort of bothersome for no reason to involve more people in this judicial system and you know he also describes why he thinks the accused should not be allowed a defense because like well if he was allowed a defense he would just say that he didn't do it and then it would all just be a whole tangled mess of yeah him he would have told lies and, yeah he yeah. would have told lies i would have exposed the lies which he'd right. back up with more lies So it's like like, he sees this as like a very kind of straightforward, the most to the point system that's the most truthful and sort of correct way to do it because it's uncomplicated, which, yeah, I guess that's uncomplicated, but this is a, I don't know, it's... There's a lot of room for error. (laughs) Right. A lot of room for error and then a very complicated execution method um, after this... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it seems like it'd be easier to just be like, oh, yeah, you did something and just shoot him or whatever. Yeah, if that's no. all it comes down to. But no, and it's then, this sort of weird religious thing that it's important that he understand what, what's going on. And um, the religious, like the torture has an aspect of religiosity, which we'll, yes. we'll, we'll get we'll get into that. But this yep. is also 
just the idea of yeah like like i said the impenetrable impenetrability like the iron rule yep. and final say of law and justice where it's like our own legal system it's like what it says goes yeah even if like there's like even if like the jury situation didn't make sense or it's like clear without a reasonable doubt someone did something and they get off or vice versa. Like there's all these things that slip through the cracks in our legal system. And sometimes it's obviously so. And like, you know, you have people who are like innocently like convicted for life type of right. like type deal. But, and it's like, but it's like, it doesn't matter. Like law is the word, like whether or not it's actually just or not, irrelevant yep. there is there there is the word of the law and that is what goes whether or yep. not it matches up with like your morality law is the the ultimate power here so this is the so i'll just describe because this is just insane like the what so then he, he he's basically asking like so what did the what did the prisoner do like what mm -hmm. is, what is what happened here that he has to get the honor of thy superiors so he says you wanted to have the case explained it is quite simple like all of them he said like all, it's quite simple like all of them a captain reported to me this morning that this man, who had been assigned to him as a servant and sleeps before his door, had been asleep on duty. It is his duty, you see, to get up every time the hour strikes and salute the captain's door. Last night, the captain wanted to see if the man was doing his duty. He opened the door as the clock struck two, and there was his man curled up asleep. He took his riding whip and lashed him across the face. Instead of getting up and begging pardon, the man caught hold of his master's leg, shook him, and cried, Throw that whip away, or I'll eat you alive. That's the evidence. There's a lot going on there. So <laughs> There's much. There's so much going on there. I I guess let's... let's I, I would like to start with the... Uh, saluting the door on the hour because that <laughs> excellent just beginning yeah. yeah that just contributes to this you know ritualized religious thing where you're just supposed to do some behavior on some regular mm. interval for no particular reason right, right um, but yeah. it is a matter of life and death mm -hmm. and like not even life and death but like life or horrific torture yeah um, whether or not you comply with this ritual that has no apparent purpose and that most of the time nobody's going to observe yeah no that's true i yeah. even thought about the religious interpretation i was just thinking like it's this weird ass thing that they're asking to yeah. do. but you're right it is a ritual that has a sort of not even a sort it has a complete pointlessness to it yeah which can often be said of like certain like ritual like religious rituals like yeah. I, don't, I don't know just like rant like I don't know animal sacrifices right. or like rosary or you know back in the day right. it's like you would have to pay um, indulgences you yeah. know where you like yeah. pay f so it's like these things that are just like p pointless and serve no actual purpose and yet yeah. it's like a it's a ritual to keep people kind of in line I guess just to be like yep you have to. You can't sleep straight through anything. You have a thing that you have to do once every hour to demonstrate your submission to the system, um, yeah. which is, you know, could be religious, could be more kind of governmental power hierarchies. Well, like in the way the law in this story and maybe in general, it does have a sort of divine quality to yeah, it in that, it, in that it's omnipotent. It's all, yeah. it's all seeing, it's all powerful. It's all knowing whether or not that's actually true. That how, that is how it is. Yeah. And, and then on top of that too, just like the weird, just adding to the piling things of just weird shit where it's like he has to stand outside the door and just salute the door and, yeah. and and then and then it's like what the fuck so he like he wants to check to see if he's doing his duty okay he comes out at two in the morning he's asleep 
just starts whipping this motherfucker. But then it's like the condemned man says, throw that whip away or I'll eat you alive. Like, that's such a crazy that's thing weird to say. Too. That's <laughs> yep. strange too. Yeah, yep. I'm not, <laughs> I'll give you that one. He, that's a, that's a red flag. Just, yeah, yeah. And I can't like, kind of. I mean, why is that what he said? I, you have to wonder, like, I, I don't, it's not clear to me why that's what he said. Do you have any theories about the, that? I mean, just like the animal quality to him, yeah. like the, almost like beast, like yeah. anim, primal animalistic, like throw that whip away or I'll eat you alive. But then it's like, you know, he's, he's talking. So he's obviously, cause right. we'll get to a point later, but I'll just bring it up right now that like when the, he eventually cuts the uh, prisoner's clothes off, yeah, he he the sh- the soldier shakes picks like to shake the clothes off. He picks him up, lifts him in the air, and shakes the clothes off like that. Which I yeah. read right over the first time or two. Yep, yep. And it's like, wait, he lifts. It's almost like he's a puppy. Like literally, it like, is. He's grabbing is. him like the scruff of his neck. Yeah, and shaking the clothes off him. Which is but, such a. I mean, that doesn't. I don't think that works. But that's what he does. <laughs> Yeah, or you either got like a really strong soldier, which like doesn't right. make like there's no indication of that, right. or you have this this creature he's described right. as this pup, this puppy like dog like creature getting lifted and shook. Yep. But it's like, but here he is, you know, he's clearly. I mean, it's weird to even like point this out, but he's clearly like human, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's mm-hmm. speaking. He's like a person. Like he's described as having like human form, but like what is he then? Like right. Just like this, yeah. Like how, I don't know. Like it. That's the how, thing. It yeah, kind of defies yeah. image. Like, is he like this dwarf? Like, it doesn't even make sense. It just doesn't add up. That's like the beauty of it. Is it's just not even like making yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, not at all. It's man. It's so weird. I hadn't even thought about the like smallness kind of implied by being picked up and just i read right over that seriously i didn't catch that till like the i've read this probably like the third time i read it yeah i was like wait wait a second yeah and that that, that's so much of this too is we're like pointing things out that are just just very subtly sprinkled through and you can just read right over this and not think twice and then i think that's what contributes to like you finish it and it's like, wait, what did I just read? Yes. And you can't articulate it because it's like so subtly just baked yep. into the story. You don't even yep. notice. Yep. I also just just to to go back to his specific thing that he did, <laughs> commenting on the fact that he doesn't have a lot to say in this story. Like he might not have Nothing. any other lines of dialogue. It's really weird that his thing that he did that's causing him to be sentenced to death here is to say something weird. Yeah, um, that's like, so true. Because that so, is his only. That yep. is the only thing he says in this story. Yep, the only Throw time he expresses himself. Yeah, alive. yeah. That's his only expression of himself in words is to say something so bizarre and offensive that it causes him to be sentenced to torture and death. Yeah, um, and it's like I don't. At first, you I don't know if you like sympathize with him, but it's like, dang, that's bad. Yeah. You know, like you're reading the, up to that point. He's like, he's getting, he's about to get tortured, and he's in chains yeah. because he didn't salute the door. But then he's then he does then he pulls this shit, which makes him seem like like malicious, like yeah. and, like almost. It's like an, a thing an evil person would like. You know, like that's something of insane evil yeah. malicious person would say is i'll throw I'm, i'll eat you alive it's like whoa and it's like at the same time like it, it makes him disturbing and unlikable and yes. malicious and scary frankly but also it's like if he was described as a more normal 
person with more human qualities, you'd sort of be like, well, under what conditions does somebody reach a point where that's what they say when you whip them? Because, like, clearly that's not just a thing that somebody thinks. That's something that somebody thinks if they've been through some shit. Um, That's them snapping. That's them breaking. Right. And and which begs the question, what happened? Like, what is going on in this penal colony in general? And then just the fact that he is described in such animalistic terms, though, it's like, well, that is probably like if you had a, you know, a a lion or something who you chained up and forced to do weird stuff, probably the thought in the lion's head if you're whipping it is like, man, I'm going to eat you. I'll (laughs) eat you alive. Yeah. 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 No, the fact that he's described as like this animalistic, dumb, simple creature does a lot towards that interpretation and also making him not particularly like a sympathetic character and towards yeah. at the at the end i straight you straight up kind of like abhor him almost yep. which we'll, we'll we'll talk we'll put a pin in that but he yeah he takes a turn for he does what seems like the worst <laughs> or the yeah. worst everybody just takes these bizarre turns throughout this story i mean yeah the other the one an, a last point that i would like to to bring up about his his strange <laughs> exclamation of eating the guy alive is that food in this story is important in a strange way yeah um so there's there's that is of eating him alive there's a reference he throws up on the machine at one point like the the, so (laughs) he throws up on the machine and sorry just after which after which he's described as looking peaceful he's in he's on the he's on the motherfucking torture device he throws up and then he lays his head down looking peaceful so just paying on that but yeah so so he throws up he throws up he throws up and the officer um says that it's because he has spent his life eating i think it's like stinking fish stinking um, fish yep right before coming out here to be executed the commandants like women i guess yeah the um, ladies which what is up with the ladies i don't yeah, know but they God feed knows. him sweets and the officer is just like and that you know that would upset his stomach and also fine, like you're feeding also like you're feeding an animal like you're feeding yeah. an animal yeah like you're giving like a, a dog pet. some treats yeah. That's yeah. ba- about to go to like the vet or about to yeah. go through some bad. It's like here's here's some here's some treats, and then he throws yeah. up. Like that's what a dog would do. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. And then it's also like eating stinking fish his whole life. So what's what's like, what is happening in the penal colony? Like, right. are you saying that they're just eating? And we get described the people in the the penal colony is not a nice place. Like, no, when, when we get described. But yet the commandant's pa- has like a palace, but you yeah. know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah. so he's eating stinking fish his whole life. And then it's also weird that he's the second, like he's condemned and then he gets, right. He gets fed sweets. Right. And like, it makes you wonder, I th- at least it makes me wonder if he's been eating stinking fish and he's like, just very hungry. Like, is that why that's the thing that he said? Like, do people just get fed so poorly that they're starting to sort of be like, well, I could get revenge and get some food if I went for, like, vengeful cannibalism or something. Okay, sorry about that, audience. We had another motherfucking leaf blower incident <laughs> like we have had on every goddamn podcast. So just started right outside my house. And if you have a leaf blower, I hate you. So anyway, we were talking. we were talking about... We're talking about food, elements of food. We talk about yeah. like the stinking fish and the sweets and eating alive. So go go on with your point before the yeah, leaf yeah. blower so rudely like, interrupted us. <laughs> Fucking leaf blowers. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it does, like, it makes me wonder, like, if, if he's 
been eating this bad food this whole time and his his weird eruption is about eating a guy alive like is it is it that he's been in really bad kind of starving conditions and that's yeah. why food is on the on his mind and then okay also, sorry i have to i yeah. sorry i have to point out real quick yes. now that you say that so in my background stuff for Kafka, he apparently yeah. low-key died of starvation. So he had tuberculosis, but the reason yeah. he died was because it was like so painful for him to eat oh, that damn. he that he low-key starved. And he was oh, writing shit. he was writing a hunger artist when he wrote that. When he he, he wrote it before really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. that makes sense. Damn. But so I don't okay, so obviously I don't think he was working on the penal colony when he did this, but I, I whatever, it's just worth pointing out. Sure. That that element of like and oh oh okay no it is relevant because it was rumored it's believed that he might have had an eating disorder anorexia okay or whatever whatever interesting the, one of those so anyway yeah. that is just throwing that out there okay well there you go it's, it's a it's a concern <laughs> for him but yeah the um, thing he says is I'll eat you alive which is like yeah. begs the question of like is he just starved on this yeah colony? and then part of this so this is a really Additional, like one of the weirder components of this already very weird um, execution device is that it has a thing that feeds the the person being executed rice pudding. Yeah. And they, you know, there's a lot of description of how all of them take advantage of that. But then the final mouthful that they get, none of them fall, none of them swallow the final mouthful. They always spit it out. So. There's there's a lot of emphasis on eating in this no, story. That's, that <laughs> really is, weird yeah, way. that is so true. That is so true. And I made that connection with him saying, "I'll eat you alive," because you're right. It weirdly it does play a part, kind of all yeah. over the place. Yeah. So yeah, we we'll put a pin because the rice pap thing gets gets a little weird. But we'll put yep. a, we'll put a pin <laughs> in that. So at this point, he's just like explaining shit, and then finally the he says, and then the performance begins. Performance. The performance. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, like, this ritualistic aspect to that again. And then it's, like, along... When people are... He describes how when people are getting, like, dug into, it's, like, it mm -hmm. mixes with, like, there's jets of water that spray mm -hmm. so that blood and water go down this tube yeah. and then into the, like, the waste pit. Which, yeah. I don't know if this is a thing, but it seems like a thing. And listeners, if you know, maybe you can make this connection in your head, but... The mixing of blood and water seems like a religious thing. I might just be making that shit up, but it's, hmm. I feel like I've heard of that before. Like w turning water to wine, blood. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a stretch, but I, I'm just going to throw that out there. That, that really could be a stretch. But also during this whole time as he's like explaining stuff, the condemned man is like still paying attention just to point, just to throw all that out there. Like the the officer is explaining shit and the the, the prisoner even though he can't understand anything is just like kind of stupidly yep. trying to to follow along and yep. he's like worked his way he's moved he's so interested at this point that he likes he is stretched basically his leash like the chains yeah. he's walking over and then the officer sees this and the because the soldier is literally asleep he has fallen yes. asleep yep. during this whole Ex torture explanation crazy to imagine being that bored by this but i guess if you can't understand then yeah it's, it's either like so mundane for him it's I either guess. it's either so routine for the soldier yeah. that he's just seen this a million times that he can fall asleep to it to it yeah or he doesn't understand it and it's just like for whatever reason so bored by this medieval right. torture <laughs> machine that he is falling asleep on duty and yep. like there's like and then again everyone is 
sleepy like again in the beginning the explorer himself is just like not paying attention because this stifling heat looking and then the prisoners looking drowsy like it's just this weird thing where everyone is somehow even though this is like the most like intense yeah. weird horrific thing yeah everyone just doesn't which again contributes to the weirdness of it and what yep. kind of like that's why it's not horrific is because no one thinks it's horrific like everyone's just going about and then it's just like this was almost like comical is the officer it says he took a clod of dearth God, he took a clod of earth from the rampart and threw it at the soldier. He opened his eyes with a jerk, dragged his prisoner back so that he stumbled and fell immediately, and then stood looking down at him, watching him struggling and rattling in his chains. So comical because he like just throws dirt at this motherfucker who just right. like oh, he like wakes up like <laughs> like he's the just soldier been like is described as so kind of stupid also like yeah, both the exactly. prisoner and the he soldier is. are both kind of they're they're not i'm you know you're not super impressed with either of them right? yeah and they and the soldier doesn't say anything at all so he kind of has yeah. like this this also like this dumb quality where it's yep. like he's just like loafing around he fuck he it's like he just got what it's like literally like he's like a student who just got woken up by the teacher yep. in the middle of class very much that's but we're exactly a, what it's like but we're yep. at a, and he throws dirt and we're at like an execution and then like again you kind of just read that but it's like he stumbled and fell immediately and then stood looking down at him, watching yeah. him struggling and rattling in the chains. And then the, um, what's his name? The officer has to like yell at him to lift him up. So he's yeah. just like watching this creature-like person just writhing around on the ground for a while after he'd just been like sleeping. Again, it's just another element of like, what so the fuck strange. is going on? Just like trying to imagine what it would be like to be there. I guess like... If you're standing in a location that's sort of drowsiness-inducing because it's of the temperature, and you're listening to people talk about something that you don't understand what they're saying, in a context that's either so new to you that you don't know what to expect at all, or you've seen it so many times that you it just doesn't make an impression on you, even if it's a really horrific thing, I think if you have some feeling that there's nothing that can possibly be changed about this situation, mm. it might just be boring. Right. Which demands a, a really extreme level of sort of helplessness, I guess, yeah, to just yeah. accept it. But, you know, given the regimentation of this colony and the the soldier's kind of apathy towards the prisoner it's yeah, like well apathy. i guess it makes sense that he would fall asleep because he does yeah. not give a shit and there's nothing interesting happening right now so it, it basically <laughs> like it is what it is and if, if this whole thing is out of your control why even take yeah. an interest in it why get involved yeah because it's it's gonna happen anyway like there's no way around it so which comes back again kind of to religiosity of like if everything is mm, faded and there's like nothing right. you can do about it because you're really low down on the hierarchy then just hang out and be along for the ride, I guess. Yeah. But also, it's weird that the prisoner, his thing that he, you know, he was getting whipped for was sleeping on the job. And now we have mm. the soldier also getting, like, sleeping on the job. True. He, yeah, you know, so true. I don't know. It's lots of Oh, weird my parallels. God. No, that is literally, oh, my God, that's so true. Because, like, exactly, the that's what the prisoner got. That's what he's, that's what he's here for, the whole, yeah. the whole reason that he's about yeah. to get tortured, like, in this... A gruesome horrific way is because he didn't salute the door at yep. 2 a.m and then here is the soldier literally asleep in front of the judge himself it's like and then i was thinking about this too who are the 
Like the soldier almost seems like somebody who is working for the institution. Yes. But the, like who but the people who are working for the institution are like criminals so it's but so there's obviously yeah. a divide i mean the soldier doesn't seem like it's like a member of the penal colony right. but it's like who are the people who are ruling over the members of the penal colony right how did they get there like I, is it like right? this, like you is it like this isolated society where it's like if you're like I don't know. It just actually doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't. And then, like, the fact that, I mean, I guess further along, but the sort of weird camaraderie that the, like, friendship that the prisoner and the um, soldiers strike up kind of implies that there's more similarity between them than maybe, like, the soldier and the officer, which, what is that about? Like, that's Yeah, no, you're weird. right. And the <laughs> idea of the similarity, like, being that he literally just fell asleep on the job. Yeah, that's yeah crazy no, that's, and they yeah the fact that they do strike up the camaraderie especially in light of like what we're just talking about right now where it's like he's he's standing over him watching him just fucking ring yeah. around on the floor in pain yeah. it's like but then they just go on to being buddy buddy well so yeah, yeah well, well <laughs> we can get strange. onto all that but yeah so this is somewhere around the part two this is there's just a, there's a lot in this story. So really it's like, is, but yeah. so this is the part where he talk the officer basically whips out the design for yes. the the uh, for the apparatus which was drafted himself by the by the old commandant. And it's this work of brilliant genius. And then at some point too like the explorer asks like dang the he did this too was what is the the old commandant was he like it was like chemist draftsman like he mechanic like he did yeah. all these different things it's like the versatility of the old commandant is something worth noting especially like the yeah. chemist aspect yes but so then so this is the point too. so the officer he said inspected his hands critically they did not seem clean enough for him to touch the drawings so he went over to the bucket and washed them again and i'll just point out cleanliness is next to godliness but it's like he's about to handle something that is so sacred to him that he he needs yeah. to wash his hands he needs to be pure he needs to be clean before he even handles this piece of paper yep. Yep. The cleanliness also coming up in the water spraying on the the inscription as mm. it's being made to yeah, keep true. it keep it clean, which doesn't really do the guy who's being inscribed upon very much good because he can't see it probably, but it's still just important to make sure that it's clean and legible. Yeah. Um, and then there's the on the yeah. opposite end of cleanliness, you have the the prisoner throwing yeah. up all over the machine right just making right. it disc- and like the soldier tries Wallowing cleaning in the it. dirt and just yeah yeah grotesque and the, and the soldier is try- ends up trying to clean the machine with like yeah. the prisoner's shirt and it's like yes. just makes it even grosser like yeah. he's trying to clean this machine that's covered in puke and the fact yep. that it's like they're the gag that is in the machine has been it says like so he said something like how could you not get sick the officer said how could you not get sick if you put a gag into your mouth that a hundred other right a hundred other men right. had gnawed on and slobbered on in their dying moments it's like fuck which is a, that's which disgusting is a whole, i mean that's really that's nasty that's nasty as hell <laughs> yeah. um but that also ties into like this whole other narrative of the machine where it's like they they used to replace the cotton that they would put in the mouth every time and now they yep. don't do that anymore and it's like yeah. there's pieces that are falling off and they're getting kind of bad replacements for them so that's all sort of slowly unveiling throughout all of this is that the machine is this really fantastic device but it's kind of in disrepair because it's not 
being maintained as well as it used to be, which is yeah, also it's weird. like it's losing its. It used to be this glorious, yeah, holy thing that is now lost all of its shine, and he can't get yeah. new parts, and it's dirty and it's getting puked on. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about the like the old days in a, in a yeah. second. I just, yeah. So just on the piece of paper, real quick. Yes. So he says. Um, he talks about the drawings. He says, here they are, but I'm sorry, I can't let you handle them. They are my most precious possessions. Just take a seat and I'll hold them in front of you like this. So just right off the bat, he like you can. it's like he's holding it in front of his face. He's not letting yeah. him touch it. He's holding it in front of his face. It's the and holy it says, texts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. the, the explorer would have liked to say something appreciative, but all he, could, all he could see was a labyrinth of lines crossing and recrossing each other, which covered the paper so thickly that it was difficult to discern the blank spaces between them. Read it, said the officer. I can't, said the explorer. Yet it's clear enough, said the officer. It's very ingenious, said the explorer evasively, but I can't make it out. And he says, yes, it needs to be studied closely. I'm quite sure that in the end you would understand it too. So Kind of the thesis statement of this whole story in a way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, so the, the details of this of this device of this apparatus are just lot like this random jumble 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 of lines like of not like basically nonsense and then we learn more about the 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 this drawing apparently contains a message some somewhere yeah. right, which we can talk about in a second but yeah we do get like the the this relic of the old commandant who again you get that you get the idea that it's very old what you're saying despite his youth he's he's whatever like he's been appointed officer but uh, yeah, it's just like the thing upon which this, the beautiful design allegedly upon which this amazing, fantastic apparatus is designed is just random lines, literally just random yeah. lines. It's so it's so much like there are so many questions of comprehensibility in this story with even just among the characters because yeah, it does they can't understand what they're talking about and this you know this explorer is entering into this situation that he doesn't really have a lot of context for and even the manual like he can see all the details of it but it doesn't what does it even mean it seems so random it's a um, labyrinth of lines that it just makes yeah. no no it's just a, another element of like not being able to get something that yeah. is just everywhere in this story yeah and the officer seems so like committed to sort of simplicity with the justice system and keeping it streamlined despite the potential problems that could arise there and then you know describing the the machinery as simply and straightforwardly as possible and all of that and then he shows this text and it's like yeah this is really clear and it's like man maybe this guy is just existing in some other level of comprehension of stuff that might be enlightened or might be just kind of insane yeah. Um, yeah. if he's able to think this is clear he, yeah um, he says he says yet it's clear enough like duh can't you can't you, yeah. he almost like at a certain point he just is almost like pitying the explorer right. like uh, you really you can't see this like this right just sad <laughs> yeah but, Which again, so, I mean, I mean, not to not to just like belabor this too much, but it does kind of give the impression of somebody who is explaining their religious system to someone who has no background in it. And it's just like, well, yeah. obviously, you need to do these rituals in this order and like in this way because of all this other information that should be clear to you. And the other guy's just like, I don't, I don't have the background to understand. Yeah, why no, this that's would be that's clear. a that's that's a good analogy because it's like. There's a certain, like, to, like, the secular person or whatever, mm -hmm. like, the irreligious person, someone, a religious try person trying to explain that. It's, it's, it is 
in a way this crisscross of lines where it's like yeah. wait, you can do this but you're telling me this is allowed and it's like yeah. here's another contradiction and like it's just not making it's incomprehensible but yep. to the religious person yet it's clear enough right like it's right there exactly. in front of you so yeah no i like that's a good that's a good comparison to draw and then like related to that like the divine like quality of this machine just associated mm-hmm. with it so he this is at the point where he gives like a little demonstration he turns the thing on and so for one the wheel is creaking there's like the wheel yeah. in the designer that's creaking and because he needs to get spare parts for it and it's and it's extremely loud but then it said if the wheel had not creaked it would have been marvelous <laughs> which is just an interesting like the word because yes. when this when the apparatus and its workings are described it is like the vibe of like marvelous glorious like beautiful the kinds of words you'd use to describe like a god or a deity of some kind some higher yeah. power and but and then it's like it's also so fuck it's like so loud this thing it's that basically the the officer said he has to yell with the full force of his lungs to make himself heard in all the noise he yelled in the explorer's ear can you follow it the harrow is beginning to write when it finishes the first draft, the layer of cotton wool begins to roll, and slowly the body turns over to give the harrow fresh space for writing. <laughs> and then it just goes deeper and deeper for a whole 12 hours. And then yeah. this is this isn't a very to me this was like a turning point in yeah in the story. So he says the first hold on my dog is let's see oh, no. if he messes the mic up. Yeah, my dog. If you've heard random noises and like inhales of breath throughout this, dear listener, that is my dog just doing his thing. But anyway, it says the first six hours, the condemned man stays alive almost as before. He suffers only pain, but how quiet he grows at just about the sixth hour. Enlightenment comes to the most dull-witted. It begins around the eyes. From there, it radiates. A moment that might tempt one to get under the harrow oneself. And it's like described as this beautiful, he says enlightenment, it's radiating. And it's like the word enlightenment is critical there because he talks about this is like a 12 hour process and it's pain and it's suffering, but then something always at the sixth hour, it's always at the sixth hour, they get, they reach enlightenment, they grow silent. And it's like, he says, it just radiates from their eyes. Yeah. And the, you know, that it almost would tempt someone to lie down under the harrow themselves. That's yeah. What a weird thing to say. Like, exactly. it's sort of, yeah. it, it's enviable to be the, the person who's under getting inscribed upon, that they would have this suffering, but then reach this enlightenment through it. You almost want to experience it yourself. It's like, God, all right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so there's like this weird aspect of, I feel like just in general of like suffering being related yes. to being related to some kind of some form of enlightenment that just shows up like all over the place like weirdly like intense suffering and ecstasy yeah. kind of have like this weird relationship this weird complementary function definitely so um in this so i'm bringing up some other texts so i was listening to uh like this podcast for this short story i read a long time have you read the wendigo by Algernon blackwood no it's it's a good one that'd be a good one okay. for the show actually okay but anyway so they just I wouldn't have known this until unless they mentioned it, but I did I did read the story. But it says so there's like this part where basically the Wendigo gets the guy, whatever. It says he called aloud in tones of anguished terror that at the same time held something strangely like the frenzied exultation of delight. Oh oh, my feet of fire, my burning feet of fire. Oh oh, this height and fiery speed. But anyway, again the pairing of like yeah anguish and in the same sentence frenzied exaltation of delight like there is, Which and is then when you, yeah it's very like martyrdom 
Yes. Like, people, like, saint descriptions of saints who are, I mean, the sort of one that immediately comes to mind is, like, imagery of St. Sebastian, who is always depicted as, like, being shot through with millions of, like, hundreds of arrows or, like, tens of arrows or whatever. But he has this, he's always, like, naked and beautiful and has this look of sort of ecstasy on his face, of reaching enlightenment through the suffering of dying. Um, Exactly. And, like, Gandhi... Gandhi yeah. burning himself yes. alive, like that thing. But the Christian thing is, an, is a good one. So this is from Schopenhauer. So look okay, at me, I'm bringing great. in all these texts. Great. He says, Christianity carries in it its in, in its inmost, fuck, let me see. Christianity carries in its innermost heart the truth that suffering, parentheses, the cross, is the true aim of life. That is why it repudiates suicide, which is opposed to this aim. But that is like a theme of Christianity. Yep. It's like mm-hmm. the point of this existence is to suffer and that's the only way you can achieve true spiritual enlightenment redemption is through i mean that's literally what god did is he went to earth and he sacrificed himself he came to earth and did and he achieved salvation for the human race through suffering on through dying on the cross yeah and then like the what comes to mind too is the book of job in the bible Mm -hmm. which i haven't Mm -hmm. i'm familiar with i haven't i've i've read parts of it i haven't read the whole thing but I literally yesterday I was actually just reading like the beginning of it. But mm-hmm. it's like that literally the whole book of Job is just him suffering for yes. no reason. And Absolutely. that is a f- like key Christian principle. It's like it's fucked up, too, because the whole thing is just very it's it's giving Paradise Lost vibes, actually. Yep. yep. Where the, the devil comes up and he's like. Or no, maybe it's like God is basically just flexing to the devil. He's like, yep. yo, look, he's like, look at Job. He's yeah, perfect. Look at my he, great he has, dude who loves he, me and <laughs> he hasn't done anything won't turn wrong. against me. And yep. then the devil's like, well, that's because you've given him all this good yep. stuff. If you took that away, he'd curse you to his face. And God is literally like, I bet. And then he, he and then in the in Job, it's like five messengers, four or five messengers right after each other. They're like, sir, all your oxen have died. Sir, all your camels have died. Sir, the uh, windstorm came up out of nowhere and literally your all your children are dead. Like all your entire generation of children are dead. And then he gets on his knees and he's like, you know, some shit like God's will, you know, like whatever God did, did it. So, and then, and then God is basically like, told you, look, he's not, he didn't, cur- he didn't curse me. And he's like, well, that's because you, you haven't messed with his flesh and bones. That's why. So then God or the de- whoever, he gets yeah. covered from head to toe in boils and blisters. Yep. And he's just in absolute pain, suffering, misery. And God is like, look, see, and then and then Job is like, why is this happening? Why I've done, I've yeah. truly done nothing wrong. And God basically comes, he's like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, I am God. You don't, <laughs> you don't question this shit. Yeah. And and that's Loki. How like Job? And, but the so anyway, it's, that's a it's long. It's such a weird, like that's a it's such a weird test of things. And then right. this is like the the reliance on suffering is like it's kind of a test it's kind of a message it's like it's um, not it's like re- not only reliance but the necessity of suffering yeah like yeah. you must you cannot in- achieve true salvation true enlightenment unless you suffer if you must achieve it through suffering yeah and that's like so everything we've mentioned in like just m- like like ascetic monks who like mm-hmm, do mm-hmm. thing i don't know not not even necessarily self-harm but it's like they put themselves in extremely 
yeah uncomfortable i mean a lot of it i think you would you would call it self-harm it's just for a purpose that's i guess like different than what we typically associate with that but there is like there's a lot of like self-flagellation where people just walk around and like whip themselves um while walking barefoot yeah 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 for real but what's crazy is like why are they doing this because it's like they actually do get some sense of like divine enlightenment yeah yeah and so there is some marriage between like intense anguish and suffering and like this enlightenment we're talking about yeah. so much so that one might be tempted to go under the harrow oneself. Yeah. And it's weird in this in this story as well, because the penal colony, like the fact of it being called a penal colony suggests that it's about punishment. But then this final moments of these people being executed it's it's a torture, but it's like it's not really a punishment. It's sort of a salvation it's almost like yeah it's a gift to them that they're they're being offered this enlightenment this message is being bestowed upon them and engraved upon their flesh and they're like it's it's kind of a blessing in a horrific way if you think about it like that because i think like most most religious suffering is done voluntarily and this is involuntary but it's still enviable weirdly <laughs> he literally he he does like he's literally saying he's tempted to get under it himself yeah. because they they achieve that enlightenment and i mean even just like thinking about it it's like that is kind of what like god did basically yeah. is he he was he was deemed a criminal right like yep. he was the only reason he was hung is because like he would have been a member of the penal colony yep in some sense because he was he was deemed a heretic or whatever whatever crime yep. he was committed of and that's why he undergoes this punishment, which ultimately leads to salvation. And it's like now you have the people in the penal colony undergoing some similar kind of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So now it's like uh, things are starting to come together. And it's like there. this is kind of the religious overtone. Not to mention, by the way, like I haven't even we haven't even brought this up, but old commandant, new yeah. commandant. Yes. Old Testament, yep. <laughs> new Testament. Definitely. Definitely. Old <laughs> commandant is like this heavy handed. Yep. It's like he's the equivalent of like the heavy-handed god who is to be feared, the just yeah. god, the vengeful god. And then this new commandant is like New Testament god, like it's it's about mercy and forgiveness yep. and salvation. And it, and it's like he's trying to the new commandant is trying to wash out like, you know, replace these old more barbaric ways. And then he's one of the last the uh the officer is one of the last he per- actually perhaps is the last adherent to the old commandant who is yeah. like the Old Testament God, who really yeah. are Old Testament God and New Testament God, really are like completely different personalities. Yeah, he had a total total shift in his viewpoint. <laughs> exactly, and then yeah. to your earlier point, somehow this guy is here through it all. The officer yeah. is here here through it all, yeah. which is like, hmm, okay. Yeah, it gives him kind of a non-human quality. Yeah, kind of. like a time yeah. almost one might say immortal. You one might one yes, might indeed. say immortal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But so, okay, anyway, this this is around the part where I feel like the execution kind of starts taking place where they he starts getting things going. And then this is where he like cuts the shirts and trousers off of the of the guy. And he gets literally lifted into the air and shook. And then this and then he gets strapped in and everything. And then like literally he throws he pukes up all the machines. So we've kind of talked about. And then afterwards he lays down and, and looks peaceful. Right. And then basically like him throwing up just the commandant is fear or not the the uh the officer is fear just he like he 
the uh, the explorer gets real uh, attends to him in the first place because he hears this cry of rage yeah. because he yeah. had just thrown up on the machine. Yeah. And then this is actually so it's cut short basically, and the officer pulls him aside. And basically starts like reminiscing on the old days. Like you, yes. he's like, you should have seen an execution in yeah. back back in the day. He Which says, is such a weird description. All of that, anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So he says how different an execution was in the old days. A whole day before the ceremony, the valley was packed with people. They all came only to look on. The machine was freshly cleaned and glittering. Which, like, those adjectives really do make yes. it seem beautiful, kind of. It does. Maybe yeah. beautiful is too strong a word, but clean but, and glittering. Yeah, sort of and then, worthy of reverence, I guess. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Also, and then where cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. it says, before hundreds of spectators, all of them standing on tiptoe as far as the heights there, the condemned man was laid under the harrow by the commandant himself. So, yeah, the, now it's like packed with people. Yeah. And then not it's only also that, like yeah. the the fact of the commandant being the one to lay him down whereas here he's like at the beginning the the officer is talking about whether or not the commandant is going to come to this execution he's just like well right. it's not clear kind of doubtful. Yeah, he um, hopes not actually so he right. can explain uh, it truly without like you know the new commandant's prejudices against right. the machine. Uh, so it's it's very kind of it's a very shifted in that in terms of how the authority figure is is involved. <laughs> Yeah, and it's almost giving, like, you know, how God, like, when, when Jesus came to earth, he would, like, yeah. touch, he would touch the lepers and the blind people, and yeah. he would physically handle them in, like, in, in this religious ritual, and then now it's, like, the commandant himself is the one laying them, it's, like, this honorable right. thing where it's, like, the command, like, it's, it really is almost an honor, actually, yeah. to be, yeah. to be laid on the herald, on the herald by the commandant, and yeah. then another just, Another classic element of weirdness, and he says, Many did not care to watch it, but lay with closed eyes in the sand. They all knew, now justice is being done. So it's like, okay, you got people laying in the sand with their eyes closed. Yeah. And just being like, now justice is being done. Justice. Also, what is what is justice here? Right. Like, <laughs> because the whole thing is like, he's getting about to get tortured for not, like, we got to, like, for not saluting a, a door. Right. Uh and it's or also like whatever they're on a penal other petty little bullshit people got yeah. executed for. <laughs> and it's like they're on a penal colony. Like who is really infiltrating this place that they need to be on guard? I mean, I guess right. it's like but you get the idea it's like a prison. Like you don't really need it's right. like not really a worry, but uh, so anyway, and then it's like the saluting of the door. And it says this is the same just I like I this is like related to the trial actually where it's like, you know, justice being done. What what mm -hmm. is just like in the trial there is like justice is being done but it's like he's literally getting accused of something he has he has no idea what the charge is he never okay. knows what the charge is to the yeah. very end of the book and he's being like constant like there is no way out he yeah. is he is guilt like guilt is not to be questioned yeah in this case so it almost gives this in this story it almost gives kind of the vibe of the person being a sacrificial victim rather mm. than somebody who necessarily really deserves it. It's like, okay, here's somebody who has done a crime to the point that they're in a penal colony, and then they've done a crime upon their original crime. So clearly, it's okay to blame them for stuff, and now we're elevating their suffering to something that goes beyond their own blameworthiness, yeah. and it's become more of a, 
yeah, kind of, kind of a, kind of a Jesus thing, like yeah, keeping, sacri- keeping the, the sins of the group upon this one sacrificial yes. individual. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I like. That's a question too, though. How often is this happening? Right. Yeah, I don't know. It, and because, because I mean, there's two things. Because actually, like we said, the the gag has had hundreds of mouths gnawing and slobbering on yeah. it. So it's like, wait, so are people just getting executed left and right, which might explain right. why uh-huh. they're so bored, the soldier is so bored. Right. But uh, and, but then it's like, what is going on in this penal colony where it's just right. like, pe- How literally are it's so like... how there so many people that you can just do this? For the yeah. smallest infractions, and then what is the point? Like, you, And what, just, is, what is the time scale again? Like, if it's hundreds of people over the course of a few years versus over the course of hundreds of years but then how is this guy so young and has been there through it all and just yeah it's bizarre it's really weird there's yet another thing yet another thing and then so then he's talking about the old day still he says well and then came the sixth hour it was impossible to grant all the requests to be allowed to watch it from nearby the (laughs) commandant in in his wisdom ordained that the children should have the preference the children Often enough, I would be squatting there with a small child in either arm. How we all absorbed the look of transfiguration on the face of the sufferer. How we bathed our cheeks in the radiance of that justice, achieved at last and fading so quickly. So, it's just, I mean, this is also vibes of, like, public execution. How, you know, like, the thing to do back in the day was go attend a public hanging or, yep. like, people were literally beheaded in guillotines and, like, yep. you bring your family to this shit and it's a public spectacle. Like, that's yep. the thing. It's, like, this is barbaric and terrible, but it's, like, that actually happened. Like, that's, yeah. like, a thing yeah. common in human history. Is like, yeah. people, well, and like, not they, a lot was going on, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they needed the internet. Yep. But, you know, even just with the internet, it's, like, people look at, like, these fucked up live leak videos. Like, yeah. everyone is kind of, ha- where it's, like, people actually getting beheaded or, like, yeah. you know, dying. And it's, like, it's, like, I don't know. Some people just straight up are into it. But then it's, like, yeah. I don't know. Every time I see that, it's, like, I look away. But it's, like, I, right. just with anything horrific, it's, like, ooh. Like, yeah. you look at, what, at the There's corner. A, yeah. There's this, it's just a morbid fascination. And it's, like, it where does like, that come from? Yeah. yeah I mean, but we used to build. people clearly are drawn to it. Yeah. Even, exactly. even a much more kind of removed thing horror movies horror stories like this like there's something compelling about it it's not real but it sort of gets at this weird urge to subject yourself to watching someone else's misery yeah and it's like it's like on the outside of it like why would you go to see a horror movie it makes actually it's it's weird it'd be yeah it's kind of fucked up that you do that like to live out suffer and then you know not to mention we straight up had coliseums back in the day dedicated to like torture was an art back like honestly you think the hair was bad they had foot like you get ripped limb from limb and it's like you're tied to a wheel and like fire hot eye like the hair was actually I mean, for one, just in terms of raw, like, torturing is, right. like, not as bad as it's been. And it at least comes with salvation at some level. Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, that's just yeah. kind of, you know, like, you're looking at the penal colony, this barbaric practice. But it's like, no, that's, like, kind of a human nature thing. Is yeah. This is something that people, frankly, like, delight in is yeah. watching, like just suffering for some reason and violence yeah. and it feels important in a clearly i mean to the people in the story it feels spiritually necessary yeah like nourishing for the soul yeah. almost like it's a thing you go to and like yeah. and it's the commandant himself is is doing this so we, we're going for a while now are you down should we keep pulling through how are you feel yeah sure i think so i think yeah let's do it if you are i'm down let me make a okay. can i make a cup of coffee real quick yeah yeah for sure Okay, intermission.
We are back from a quick intermission. I just made another cup of coffee. We got a long one today, as you can tell. <laughs> so, um, okay. So we were talking about the... He was just reminiscing on the old days, basically, yep. uh, of how amazing executions used to be. And while he's doing this, basically in the background, just like the explorer notices that the soldier and the condemned man are kind of up to some funny business. So yeah. <laughs> this is like where the soldier pours out, like like we mentioned earlier, the rice pap, the rice pudding. Yeah into this into like this little tub and this is like while he's explaining this is while the commandant is like or the i keep saying that the officer is explaining everything and so it's basically like the condemned man is trying to eat it and it says the soldier kept pushing him away since the right pap the, since the rice pap was certainly meant for a later hour yet it was just as unfitting that the soldier himself should thrust his dirty hands into the basin and eat out of it before the other's avid face so just another element of like the incongruity between like he's describing like this beautiful execution reminiscing yeah and the soldier is just like eating rice pudding like it's supposed to be like part of the ceremony where it's like eventually it gets administered to like the prisoner who yeah. can like if they, they can eat but now it's like the soldier just poured it out and he's eating it with his bare hands his bare dirty hands like pushing the sol- the the prisoner's face away not letting him eat any of it just eating in front of his face yep <laughs> it's just like the, yeah just the realities of of what people are like in this context like you could glorify it but it's still kind of i mean people are going to be people <laughs> people are mm-hmm. going to be animals as well as like right spiritual just, beings yeah yeah exactly like it's not a very reverent thing to be doing right eating rice pudding like yeah. during this discussion and it's like weird vibes of like priest that drinks the communion wine or whatever (laughs) just to get drunk and it's very like nonchalant the whole yeah like what they're doing while again in contrast to like him describing like this beautiful ceremony of old and the command so all of that and then it's like and then so eventually the we won't even get into this This is i mean unless you have anything to say but like the the officer explaining his whole plan about how the explorer is gonna is able to sit is gonna be able to save the practice by putting in a good word to the new commandant yeah he gets really into this plan i don't really have very many things to comment on about this but it is such a such a weird just little conflict throughout all of this where there's this bizarre just all of this very yeah religious creepy stuff going on but then there's just also this plan of like we have to save the good old days while the you know explorer is talking about oh i don't i don't think we should be saving the good old days (laughs) yeah and it's almost like political too like very political so yeah but yeah yeah that's its whole there's just uh, with the story this rich you just gotta pick and choose what you're what you're talking but so So then he finishes, right? And he's like, yeah. and again, just weird. He's getting really into this. And he finishes, and he said, the officer sees the explorer by both arms and gazed, breathing heavily into his face. And then it said, he had shouted the last sentence so loudly that even the soldier and the condemned man were startled into attending. They stopped eating and looked over at the explorer, chewing their previous mouthfuls. <laughs> So it's again, it's almost like funny. It's like that's it some shit you would see it like a Nickelodeon Disney channel. You like they're getting they're real. getting yelled at and they're like they just like keep eating. Like they're like yep. just finishing their last bite. <laughs> but and now they're both eating. So it's like Yeah. So it's like again, like this weird dynamic between the soldier and the and the prisoner where it's like they're both just apparently eating with their bare hand I don't even yeah. know what the prisoner's how the prisoner's eating, but they're just eating and then it's like the the officer just yells basically and they like you can just picture them looking over and like literally chewing their last mouthful. For real. <laughs> 
So basically, he lays out this whole plan, and the explorer Loki is like, "No, right. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that." <laughs> and then, like this, and then that change that for some reason that changes everything. Yes. So the officer said, "So you did not find the procedure convincing?" He said to himself, "The officer that is," and yeah. smiled as an old man smiles at childish nonsense, and yet pursues his own meditations behind the smile. Once says, again, an old man. Like he's a he, right. apparently a young guy, but then he's also like an old man, and he's been around yeah. for who knows how long. Anyway, but yeah. he, but it's like but he's likened to an old man. Yes. Like you know, he's not an old man. He's not like, an old it, man. He's he like just has the, an old man yeah. who is yeah. smiling. But and then he says, "Then the time has come." Very cryptically, "Then the time yep. has come," and then he basically turns to the condemned. He says, "You are free," said the officer to the condemned man in his native tongue. For the first time, the condemned man's face woke to real animation. And then, like, so he's basically, like, for no, it makes no, why? Like, why is this happening? Right. But he's all of a sudden free. Yeah, right. And the The, only hint that we have about the explorer's significance here is that he's just, he's going around to different countries to document how they do their justice practices. There's no real indication that he has power other than that he has an outside perspective. Right. Um, So it's not like him not being into this particular execution strategy really does anything. He can only say like, oh, I thought this was weird or, oh, I thought this was great or whatever. And like, and that's, it's purely how the commandant takes his opinion, which he could completely discard. Yeah. Um, so the he's fact even, when that he's his opinion his... switches everything is, is why 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 exactly does it change just another weird element but he's even explaining like when he's trying to do this whole plan when the uh officer lays out his pl- he's like you are way over uh, overestimating my influence here like yes. i'm just a rando here yep. on like loki like a journalist i mean yep. the explorer is interesting his origins what he's doing we get very little but it's there's there's something there but yeah anyway so for whatever reason the time quote the time has come and the the prisoner is free all of a sudden, and then this was I, this is just another weird thing is like when he's being released from the the gags and the straps mm-hmm. and everything, the condemned man is like looking from person to person, and it says the condemned man laughed wordlessly to himself. So it's again this element of silence. He's yeah. like not speaking. He's he's just laughing quietly, and it's like laughing is the what you're doing. Like yeah. you know, maybe like you know, there's always like like a laugh, like a kind of nervous laughter of relief. But he's like looking from person to person and laughing wordlessly yeah. to himself. It's like, what is that, that? That's a weird reaction. Very weird reaction, and then also the silence of it. Like yeah. I, I don't know, just very small detail, but laughed wordlessly. Yeah. It's like still nothing is being articulate. Like. It's just yep. quiet. It's quiet. It's subdued. It's dreamlike is really kind of like what this whole thing very, is. Like, very, very much horrible, so. horrible fever dream. Yes. <laughs> and then at this point, the officer brings the paper out again. And he's he's outlining like the lines literally with his little finger just over just over the paper so as not to touch it. And yeah. he's basically like, you know, he's There's trying another to- little incident with the bucket of water to clean his hands where something got dumped in the water. Um, oh yes and so he can't wash his hands off to touch the paper again which bothers him but uh he's going for it anyway so things clearly things are are decaying in this situation quickly yeah and then he like what he i think he like realizes the water is dirty and or something and then he like thrusts his hand in the sand yeah Yeah. and it's like yeah just another dreamlike element like he's just yeah so he can't wash his hands so he just shoves it in the sand like okay interesting and he and he's spelling out what is on this um, piece yes. of paper, 
and then he's and then all caps it says be just is what is written there be just exclamation yeah. mark like justice again yeah. showing its face and it's like this mechanism that is the administer administer of justice also is designed and like it, he's I mean, it's not clear actually, but it's like it's somehow like the design of the machine spells out be just yeah. like all, which is also just a random labyrinth of lines. Like there's nothing yeah. there. Right. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I, there's so much of what is being described here that I cannot visualize. And I, it's like hard to even keep track of what these elements are. Um, but the be just does stand out significantly yeah, be just. as if like, the, I mean, it's almost like it's written into the plan itself, like yeah. into the mechanics of the right. machine itself. Be just, it's like, and there's again, this, uh, the idea that this machine, the apparatus is an instrument of justice. Yeah. Somehow, Which is what then, also it's like, like <laughs> it, it's an instrument of justice and it's kind of doing to its victims, I guess you could call them what it is itself like it inscribes a purpose Mm. in a person and it has within itself inscribed its own purpose right um, yes as a commandment Um, so true like inscribed into the design of the machine is a message similar to what it is doing which is inscribing a message into another person yeah so true so true like literally the i mean it's like lines which is what the which is what the design what the uh what the apparatus is doing it's carving lines yep. that spell something out that inscribe something yes very true and then this so yeah what's being inscribed into this machine is be just be just yeah and then so the the officer at this point is you know something cha- something changes some shift takes place so and then it says so very so he starts making changes to like the designer basically like he yeah. gets back up into the to the coffin like box and it says very carefully he laid it like the piece of paper inside the designer and seemed to be changing the disposition of all the cog wheels which it's like so just to just to pre just to like hint at what's to come is there is it's like this element of resurrection, right? That that we're yeah. gonna encounter pretty soon, and it's like it's almost like he's the papers are like he's burying the body of the old commandant such that it can rise again later. Yeah, like it's it's getting yep. the commandant's designs are being laid into this very coffin-like structure, which we will see um, <laughs> very shortly here does have like this resurrection element to it so that was just it. he he lays it inside the designer itself and then starts yes. fucking with things like starts completely yeah. changing everything like wait what like you had just set everything up perfectly right. meticulously to initiate the torture or to like for the device so yeah. why are you changing everything like everything was in place but yeah. something has shifted and then now he's all of a sudden just completely reconfiguring everything within the machine and it's like what what is he doing like what what is this new change doing. Yeah. I think at this point I was like, oh God, I know what's going to happen. And I don't know why yeah. I knew that was go- what was going to happen, but, or even why that is what ended up happening. But just something about this, I'm like, okay, we've already seen him reconfiguring this machine. Something has shifted significantly here. There's elements of sacrifice. He's already described yes. that he kind of envies the One might the be tempted here. to get under the harrow oneself. Yeah, One might be tempted yeah. to... And it's kind of like, for whatever reason, he's taking the explorer's lack of reverence for this process as like the the nail in the coffin of uh, this format of of justice in action. And so it's like this is 
kind of a the the final inscription maybe yeah i don't right, know right no no right yeah exactly yeah. the time has come basically yep, yep. and then just uh, this is where the soldier and the condemned man start really kind of becoming yeah. more prominent characters because like so he's fucking with the machine and it says the soldier and the condemned man were now busy together the man's shirt and trousers were fished out of the pit basically and then when he put on the shirt and trousers both he and the soldier could not help guffawing for the garments were of course slit up behind perhaps the condemned man felt it incumbent on him to amuse the soldier he turned around and around in his slashed garments before the soldier who squatted on the ground beating his knees with mirth so it's like bro Two seconds ago, you were in a torture device. Yeah. And now, like, and then he's laughing wordlessly to himself as he's getting put out. And then it's like, now the soldier and the condemned man have this weird, like, union together. Yeah. Some covenant. And it's like, he's, he's literally, like, you can just picture him with his fucking ass hanging out, just yep. dancing around, like, yep. laughing. And then the soldier's just slapping his knees. Also, no sound. Like, I, I got a very right. silent vibe from this. It's like he's, he's just like beating his knees. He's not actually like really like laughing. It's yep. just he's beating his knees with mirth. And then the the um, the condemned man's not actually doing anything. You can like he's they say guffaw, and I got like a very si- It's like you know what it's like actually. Kids at church who are like trying yes. to fuck around. Oh my god, and, you're right. And it's like they're trying not to get in trouble, but they yep. just kind of keep poking fun with each yep. other. It is very much like that. And they might be like listening to some really brutal religious story, but they're just kind of not tracking it. Even though in this story it's happening to them. Yeah. It's exactly. just not it's they're not tracking the tone here at all. <laughs> yeah, but like literally like when I used I used to have to go to like Bible study and shit mm-hmm. and it's like so I would but it'd be with the whole gang, you know, like friends. Yeah. But like literally people were giving sermons and it's yeah. like we were just like fucking around. Like we were tr- it's like that it's like the whole phenomenon where it's like, you know, you can't not like the more serious a situation is, the Absolutely. funnier it is, like the harder Absolutely. it is not to laugh. Yeah. And it's like and and like the religious comparison here is like i think accurate because it's like everything we've been talking about and it's like literally the officer is engaged in like he's actually like fixing up this religious like he's basically preparing for a sacrifice like the most sacred type of ritual that there is and then in the meantime again he's got his ass out like just turning around like a like a monkey almost like like (laughs) and the soldiers just like have he's just having a he's just beat he's beating his knees he's just like this is which is also kind of like a like a you know like apish kind of behavior to to be doing that like true yes beating on his knees beating on the chest and then it's like at this point too, it's like whatever the prisoner has like handkerchiefs that he's been yeah. given back, which yeah. given to him by the ladies, which yes. you know, these ladies, yeah, what the are, ladies, what is, what is up with who these ladies? And what are they? Yeah, exactly. And they're like Loki, like the but the soldier just fucking takes it from him. He just like yeah. grabs it again, like again, like little kid business where it's like they start basically like wrestling with each other and they're like they're wrestling half in jail. It's like he's trying to get the handkerchief back yeah. and he, like the soldier's not letting him get back and they're just like they're just monkeying they're just around. Now. You could yeah. say yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's like two seconds of, like like just the few pages ago the soldier was yanking him back watching him yeah rot, like just twist and turn on the ground and they're all of a sudden like we mentioned before like just buddy buddy yeah it's like entirely dependent on the 
level of hierarchical power yes. that one of them has over the other one. So now that he's free, it's like, okay, well, the whole thing has changed. It's, yeah, whatever happened the whole power two minutes dynamic. ago. Yeah. Whatever happened two minutes ago is completely irrelevant because the power dynamic has shifted and we're two different people now than we were. Yeah. People. And speaking of, yeah. speaking of shifting power dynamics is yes. like, so basically the condemned man notices that the officer is basically like about to get under the machine and like, right. he's going to, he's going to be the, the one subject to what the condemned man was just moments ago going to be subject to. So then it says, so he's looking at all this and it says, so this was revenge. Although he himself had not suffered to the end, he was to be revenged to the end. A broad, silent grin now appeared on his face and stayed there all the rest of the time. And it's like, this is where the condemned man takes like a weird, t- it's like, that's like malicious. That's like an yes. evil smile. You yes. can just picture him like with his eyes like narrowing and like his, this broad grin. And it's like yep. all of a sudden now, the person who was just subjected, he is like the most, he, he in many ways right now, he begins to become the officer. He begins he to does. be as enthusiastic about this process of torture. He gets very interested in this process of yep. torture. Mm-hmm. In the same way that the officer has had the same enthusiasm, but only when he has become from prisoner to like the one enforcing the punishment It's the change right. in power dynamic. And now that he's in power, he is loving this shit. So and then so then just on just to add to that, it says the condemned man noticed the loose straps because like the he hadn't been mm-hmm. able to strap himself in. Noticed mm-hmm. the loose straps. In his opinion, the execution was incomplete unless the straps were buckled. He gestured eagerly to the soldier, and they ran together to strap the officer down. So now Even though he's it's like yeah, it's it's a totally voluntary process. The officer does not have to be doing this, but he's doing this because he has decided that this is how it needs to be. He presumably does not need to be strapped down, but no, they have that. now decided this is this is how it has to go. The con- condemned man of all people yeah. he says no 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 this is incomplete it, it's almost yep. it's the same meticulousness that the officer had it everything is. must be perfect everything must go correct yeah so he, so this whoa we can't start the execution until he's strapped down so right. and then it's like also just again a very subtle detail but they run together to go yes. get the strap like you can picture them buddy buddy running to the machine so much enthusiasm yeah exactly yeah. enthusiasm and then weird and we'll talk about this becomes a point i don't know how much we really want to get into, but it's like a weird warping of space it's like how how yeah. far are they that they need to run and we, we, this so whole, the space in all of this is really just that's another element that's just very difficult to track it's so warped all the time like yeah. especially at the very end when they're running down the stairs and it's like yes how long are these fucking right. stairs because mm-hmm. it's like yeah well, we can put a pin in that but yeah. it is that's the dreamlike quality too where it's like space doesn't make sense like it takes forever to travel short distances and you can yeah. travel far distances in, a, in an instant like just adding to power the whole, dynamics are like incredibly right. hierarchical but then they can and shift just, in a second for no yeah. reason for no right. reason because because the, the explorer doesn't want to say yeah. a good word about the right. like and all of a sudden now this enormous shift has taken place just yeah very very dreamlike and then so at this point the execution actually begins Yes. Like the real execution, which is yes. now happening to the officer for what, I, like this complete flip for no really apparent reason. And okay, so this was a, a minor detail, but so ba- the officer originally had started it by turning the thing on with his leg. He uses his leg mm-hmm. to start to start the engine, basically. And but now that he's all strapped in, it's like not he, he has to like it's, there's no one for, to push the lever. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it says, but it was not necessary. 
as soon as the straps were fastened, the machine began to work. Yeah. Magical. So it's like, it could be, you know, maybe that like once the machine registers, all the straps are in, then it starts. But the fact that he had to start it manually. Yes. In the first place suggests that like it need, would need to be started again. Yes. It was not necessary. It's like almost as if by divine force, Absolutely. this thing just begins and get going. Like some, yep. some step in the prophecy has been fulfilled that yes. now gets the mechanism of fate going and then and then at this point too so the designer right when it was working as it was supposed to it was creaking but then it says the designer should have been creaking but everything was quiet not even the slightest hum could be heard so just again this element of silence is just working and it's like it's like this was like weird at first because it's like oh wait did he fix it and if he fixed it why didn't he fix it because because it's made very clear he knows this machine like the back it's like it almost is bending to his will yes like he knows how to use this thing so it's like if there was a wheel to be fixed he would have fixed it right and now the wheel is quiet so what what has happened like what what shift has taken place what did he fix that he originally hadn't fixed in the first place and why why hadn't he fixed it that way and then this is also the point too where it's like it's so quiet that he said it's hard to pay attention to so the explorer like looks over to the soldier and the condemned man and the condemned man says was the more animated of the two everything in the machine interested him now he was bending down and now stretching up on tiptoe his forefinger was extended all the point all the time pointing out details to the to the to the soldier (laughs) So he has become very much mirrors. Yeah. Like what you're going to say. Go ahead. (laughs) No, just that he has become the, the officer now at this point he's taking extreme and he's, he's, he's now a spectator to the very thing that he was about to be subject to. Yeah. Like it doesn't even matter that he was going to be the one that should have been going through this torture. He now has that same fascination with like the violence and the torture that is like maybe inherent to like human nature and he's just really into it really into like gesturing to the he's pointing out details to the soldier yeah which is like that is what the the officer yeah it puts the soldier kind of in the position that the explorer was in at the beginning except he's more kind of possibly more into it than but maybe not oh (laughs) oh, i see yeah Yeah. no yeah like he's exactly i I see what you're saying yeah yeah and then and then the explorer is like what the fuck like this is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and he tells and the them to go. And has this kind of weird energy of like, it's his duty to observe this. Yeah. Even though he still has this very, very confused, like. He, sa- he, he says something like, he gets, he, yeah, he has, he has like a duty basically to fulfill the officer's wish. And he says like, yeah. you know what, if this is, he said, if he was in the officer's position, he wouldn't do otherwise. And it's like, that's, you know, that's interesting. And then. Yeah. And. The at this point the condemned man and the soldier are being like disrespectful in a way, yes. and and yep. he's he's like he's like tells him to go home. He tells him to leave. Yeah. And he says, but the condemned man took the order as punishment. With clasped hands, he implored to be allowed to stay. He even went down on his knees. So it's like now he is completely in fat enchanted yeah. by this torture device that he was about to be subject to, and it's like kind it is of very mer- yeah. It's very like the the merits of this thing can or like enlightenment or the values of it or whatever are only really attainable for the majority of the time by spectators whereas the person actually being subjected to it at first they're just sort of passive i mean it's yeah yeah and then and then it's like to like the person who is actually 
there's like this weird relationship with the individual who is has like direct contact with like mm-hmm. the torture machine because it's like mm-hmm. he was going to be subject to it and now all of a sudden he's fascinated by it yes and then the officer who was like fascinated from the outside he again he envy he wish he almost he almost wish he could partake in it yeah and now he is so it's like this yeah. again revolving and now reversals he's, he's gone very quiet at this point like the yeah, officer true. has totally he he's word. been talking everybody's ear off this whole mm, time so and true. now he's gone quiet he's the passive recipient of this torture whereas yeah exactly the the condemned huh. man who is no longer condemned animated as fuck he's described as very animated but no that's true because he said basically after he says then the time has come he doesn't say anything he's completely right and he's been straight up itching to talk he's been like loud mouth this whole point but he takes on this like solemnity he does (laughs) yeah yeah which which is related to i think like you know being in the presence of like reverence or Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. that is holy like silence is expected yeah because to to speak is to belittle in a way or like is, make yeah. like make make almost uh, like this is whatever like make a mockery of which is what ev- what they are do like the soldier or the fu- yeah the soldier and the prisoner are doing now they're like kind of although but yeah no until until the condemned man starts taking it, all of a sudden a very like sudden interest in this and then he's like yeah, yeah. Then he's really into it yeah and then you know something weird happens some yes. more of course. So then it says, at that moment, he heard a noise above him in the designer. He looked up. Slowly, the lid of the designer rose up and then clicked wide open. So, I mean, when I had read that first, I'm like, that's like, you know, it's a mechanical thing. Like Mm -hmm, something where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, whatever, like a a latch, a door opening. But, you know, and after, in light of reading it, it's like, it's like you can imagine a coffin lid just slowly rising. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it's like. You can, it's like, I mean, the the image is like, you know, a body like being yeah. lifted up out of, sitting up from the coffin. And it's like, yep. there's no body, but the commandant's plans who had been laid in this, in this coffin, like, yeah, struck chest. That's a great and then, point. And then it's like, not, like no body comes out, but then it says basically all the wheels in the designer, all the cogs, all the gears yeah. just start spilling out. And then it yeah. says it was as if some enormous force were squeezing the designer so that there was no longer room for the wheel. The wheel moved up till it came to the very edge of the designer, fell down, rolled along the sand, and then lay flat. And then everything just starts spilling up after this. And it's like, it seems like there's this infinite depth of wheels like whatever you think it's done he says just another series of wheels just come spilling out and it's just wheel on wheel and then like the condemned man is fascinated by this like he's trying to he's trying to get the soldier to help him to like pick up all these wheels like he's again he's like enchanted by this device he wants to touch it yeah he wants to be involved like he's he's actively part of the process to make contact with yeah but the explorer is really like distressed by this. He is this was not the torture the officer wished to attain. It was murder pure and simple. Like he's yeah. very upset. Like he doesn't like this torture device, but if if the um officer is subjecting himself to it so voluntarily with so much reverence, he at least wants it to go correctly for him. Yeah. And it's clearly not going right. So exactly. at this point, it's not a religious experience anymore. It's just killing somebody just plain brutally. Murder. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, at least let him achieve. Because that's, yeah. for some reason, like, implicit in this whole thing is like, 
enlightenment is achieved at some yeah. point. Like that's apparently just a, a given with this. Everybody, even the most dull-witted, achieve enlightenment. So it's like at least let him. And uh, as the reader, I'm like. I kind of didn't like this part because I'm like, whoa, wait, no. The whole thing is like yeah. he's got to achieve. Like he, he, one might be tempted to get under the hero himself. He finally yeah. does it, and it's like everything is going wrong. This because I'm like I kind I was like I thought I kind of knew where the story was going, and then okay. that happened, and I'm like, whoa, this is yeah. way. This is t- like where is this going now? This yeah, because it's a mess. The whole thing is just butchered. He's yep. ba- like basically this thing is just like stabbing him, just like. Yeah, <laughs> literally just jabbing him. There's no like he talks about how there's no into water. his head even like yes just, yeah. And there's no water. It like no. hangs him over the pit. And for some reason that made it was a much worse image for me. Like mm-hmm. it's not being washed clean. Instead yep. there's just a thousand jet streams of blood just coming from yep. him. Instead of it being washed. And he's like hanging over the pit and shit. Yeah. And it, so it's like it's not this exquisite torture like you. It's just no. like fucking jabbing him. It's and like then, a like, saw it just, thing. It's like a thing yeah. from like yeah. <laughs> And then it like th- like hangs him over the pit. He doesn't fall, and it just like stays hanging over there. And he's just dripping like just streams yeah. of blood. And it's like he's he's become like a kind of a piece of meat in a weird yes. way. Like he's like a thing on a butcher hook. Yes, like it's exactly. Just, and it's like There's and it's a, funny because it reminded me like this is in the book Jude the Obscure, which is like a Victorian kind of gothicish novel. But there's a scene where one of the characters is supposed to slaughter a pig and mm-hmm. have its blood drain as slowly as possible because that's supposed to make the meat better. And there's this scene where he's trying to do it, but he doesn't like it because the pig is suffering and he wants to do Ugh. it faster. And then there's somebody else who's standing there being like, you're fucking it up. Like, you're you're <laughs> making it drain fast. The meat's going to be yeah. bad. And this whole time, the pig is just hanging there bleeding. Uh. And it's just like, this is awful. And this is very similar in tone to that. Yeah, I like think. a complete, well, the choice of word here. <laughs> it's a complete butchering of what it was yep. supposed to be. It's not yep. this like, and what's funny is it's like, like as the reader why it's kind of strange that it's like if anything like whatever he just got put out of his misery quicker yeah Yeah. it's like at the end of the day these are both just like they're he's dying like it's just a different ways of of reaching it but for some reason this just feels like it feels almost like sacrilegious like a ritual gone wrong everything is going terribly it's insulting it's it's you know yes it is exactly it's throwing his faith in this thing back at back at him and showing it like yeah it's not there's no beauty there's no elegance to it and it's weird because it's like some transformation had taken place and now all of a sudden this elegant device is just what it really is actually i mean because it's like we're talking about it as an elegant beautiful device but at the end of the day this is like a torture machine yes and it's like it's kind of weird how we were thinking about it as anything but a torture machine and like now it just is what it's supposed to be yeah basically yeah which is just i almost so the, it's it's there to execute people who have done something wrong. And at this point, like, the officer puts himself in the position of someone who has done something wrong. And it's not clear why that is because he's not, he hasn't done anything. All he has done is had a conversation with a guy who doesn't really have very much power over the situation. But in light of this now, it almost kind of seems like the thing that he did wrong was fail to describe this machine in a way that conveys its religious significance adequately right. to someone right. else. He to said, he said, them. so you, you didn't find the procedure convincing then. That's right. what he said. Yeah, right. Exactly. So he fucked it up. He's not conveying his religious message well enough. Now he gets to be executed for having not done that. And the method of the execution is a demonstration 
of the explorer's perspective of what this device is. Yes, yes, um, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Rather than inscribing him with the actual message of what he did wrong that he should have done right, it's actually mm. enacting his failure upon him. Yeah, and also the idea of the inscribing message, it also makes you wonder what did he set the inscription for? Like, what yeah. was he What was he going to have yeah. inscribed on him? I wonder. I yeah, wonder. exactly. Okay, so then, yeah, and then, like, he sa- so it says, the explorer looks into his face and no sign was visible of the promised redemption. What the others had found in the machine, the officer had not. And then, again, I found this as a reader, like, disappointing. I'm like, yeah. damn, fuck. Like, I was really hoping he would, for some reason, I, I, you wanted him to have the exquisite yeah. torture. But then, yeah. so then they return to the colony and all of a sudden, shit, again, more changing. The soldier all of a sudden is just talking. Yes. Like he hasn't talked at all, and he's explaining everything at this point. He's talking yep. about the tea house, and he's talking, like, he's giving full explanations. And then, like, so, uh, yeah, the soldier all of a sudden is, is vocal, and then we see that the houses, it says, were all very dilapidated, even up to the commandant's palatial headquarters. So it's, like, this new commandant who was supposed to be, like, the good, kind, benevolent one, he apparently has just got, like, this palace while yeah. everybody else is in dilapidated headquarters? It's kind of like this... So the, if the other commandant was this kind of hard-ass guy who was very rigid, we're going to have this very finely tuned, elegant machinery, whatever, the kind of urge to see the contrast in the new commandant is to be like, yeah, this guy is more about legitimate justice and making sure yeah. that fairness happens and is more not into the torture stuff, but the way that he is described in his headquarters and his various ladies that he keeps around and stuff, it's like he's not necessarily into benevolence. He's just more into hedonism, maybe. Yeah, Um, exactly. And it's like he has these weird... First off, his voice is described as the voice of thunder. And it's another, yeah. I feel like God illusion. Yeah. And then it's like the weird thing where it's like the, the, the public meetings are like spectacles that everybody yes. comes and joins. Yeah. And so, I don't know, those are just interesting elements. And then it's like, it's also weird. Cause it's like, this is a, like a penal colony. So like, mm-hmm. what, like, are you supposed to be nice to them? Like, that's like a whole kind of interesting thing. Like if this is supposed to be like a, basically a prison. Right. It's and like, it's like, I, it's hard to tell. Are there any, is there anybody here who's not, who's just like a normal person? Right. Um, kind exactly. of seems like not, but then who are these people? Yeah. Exactly. And then like on top of that, everyone is described. It says like they go to the, so they go to this tea house, right? Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they go to this tea house. Also, who knows how we got back to the to the colony, yeah. right? How we're far just, away we're, were we? We're here now, yeah. Yeah. And then everyone in the tea house it says none had a jacket. Their shirts were torn. They were poor, humble creatures. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like, yeah, wait, what is this new commandant actually like doing? It seems like the same kind of yep. draconian conditions, but yep. And then again, wonderful dream-like element. Where where is the old command? All for some reason they're going to the old command. It's tombstone, right? Yeah. And where is it? It's under it's under a table, <laughs> like yep. the the the, the gravestone the is under a table in a in a t- uh, in a tea house. Yep. And then it says the old man, the ex- soldier again is just speaking. He says the old man's buried here. The priest wouldn't let him lie in the churchyard. 
Hmm. The priest wouldn't let him lie in the churchyard. I wonder yep. why. I mean, yep. he's being excluded from the religious place by, like, the religious authorities, which is like... But then the old commandant is supposed to be, like, a substitute for, like, God himself. Yeah. So, just interesting. And then, again, so the explorer says, where's the, like, where's the grave? And then it says, at once, both of them, like the soldier and the condemned man, ran before him, pointing with outstretched hands. It's like, <laughs> they're, they're running. It's like, we're in a tea house. They just move the table. Like, where yeah. are they? They, they? they can run. They're and constantly them, running, despite that not making any sense in the space. And together, in. like, the, together yeah. and pointing with outstretched hands, like, look, yeah. here, here, here. Yeah. And, but it's, so just, again, weird distortion of, like, space. And then, okay, everyone, this is normal. They push one of the tables aside, and then there really is a gravestone underneath it. It's just like, and the tea house, the inhabitants of the tea house are just like, yep, the, the gravestone's right here. Like, nobody thinks this is weird yep, at all. Totally normal. And then it says, there was an inscription on it in very small, so this is like a very important part. Like, so it says, yeah. on the tombstone, there was an inscription on it in very small letters. Inscription, small letters, obviously yes. allusion to like, yep. you know, the the apparatus Absolutely. the explorer had to kneel down to read it kneeling down just yes. saying he's kneeling yes this was what it said here rests the old commandant his adherents who now must be nameless have dug this grave and set up this stone there is a prophecy that after a certain number of years the commandant will rise again and lead his adherents from this house to recover the colony have faith and wait exclamation mark so just all of these things are kind of starting to kind of, like there's yeah. a prophecy that the commandant will rise again which obviously is like the the whole thing with the torture device where yep. the, the thing sl magic first off it magically kind of starts itself and it's like this new configuration completely silent yep. like something has been fixed something has been aligned and the lid lifts up magically and then the the wheels which is like the basically like the body of the machine itself which is like this religious instrument maybe even like god itself yeah rises and it like is has risen like literally in fact rises all the wheels from the from this coffin like structure and like spill out onto the floor which just seem and then you know the time has come the officer said so i don't maybe something in what the explorer said was fulfilling this prophecy and yeah he maybe knows. yeah and and then it's like he changes everything according to the. But it says who his adherents who must now be nameless. It's, and it's so like, creepy to think about just like a commandant of a penal colony having adherents who have a name for themselves. Like it's very culty. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's very much culty. like Jesus, Jesus and his disciples and his yeah. Ruler, you know, like that and that rising, kind of thing. like rising from the dead and coming out from behind a stone. Like that's also yep. like you know Jesus rising on the third day. But it's like it's kind of implied to be not not good if it's likened to the machinery because that it the lid right. rises off of the coffin and everything spills out and that's not how it's supposed to work. So when he returns, it's maybe not going to be a good situation. Yeah, exactly. It's like this weird perversion of like the rise of yeah. Christ. Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, who was the commandant and who are his disciples here? Like the penal right. colony? Like, is it like the... Is it like the actual like criminals themselves? Is it like the officers who, in, in which case, it's like what is this religion that this is the right. god of? Like right. justice. That's like justice, but like what what is justice? In it? It's like a blind, completely like nonsense notion of justice where guilt is. It's not real justice. It's just like 
where guilt is never to be doubted and right which is kind of i don't know maybe old testament status where it's like that was when god was just burning cities like right. for because they looked at him wrong <laughs> or said the wrong yeah. shit and turning motherfuckers to pillars of salt like again the veg the vengeful god which yeah. kind of like i don't know in its own weird way like the old testament god is referred to as like the i feel like the just god but he, you know this is the whole problem with religion right is that it's like mm-hmm. The God in the Ultimate Testament is actually kind of fucked up, like morally oh, yeah. questionable. Yeah. So yeah. in which case, actually, this makes perfect sense that the old commander, who was like the leader of this strict, harsh, torturous penal colony, actually in in many ways does align with the conception of the Old Testament God. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know if if this holds up at all, but I think if you're if you're going there with the the commandant being a stand-in for the Old Testament God then the officer, as one of his adherents, who enacts his sort of will upon everyone um, and has this ambiguous age situation, it yeah. almost positions him as, like, one of the angels from the Old Testament who shows up to, like, yes, raise true. cities based on their, true. you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, just like, all right, time to, time to take this down. Yeah, like Who's this now, moral yeah. figure who is like the the commandant's right hand man. Yeah. Yeah, almost like an angel of death, like angel yep. of God type yeah. thing, and he's the yeah. one enacting the commandant's will, and he yep. reveres the commandant. Like you know, he yeah. he won't even t- he's got to wash his hands before he touches the paper. He has to make sure everything is completely precise, and he was per he, you know the commandant was perfect. Yeah. And and he is the one that's like one of the last, and then he also mentions too like. It's like you're not quite sure whether this is true, but he's like, you know, there's people that believe in the colony that still like this thing, but they can't voice that now, so they right. have to mm. remain nameless. Like, you won't right. hear anybody mm. talking about it. And then it says, in this, the part of the prophecy is the, his adherents who must now be nameless, capital H, by the way, his adherents. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> very have to, very so, God. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, and then to the cherry on the icing on the cake is have faith and wait, right? Like, have, and this is, yeah. this is revelations of the God. Like, Right now, we are on earth, and God at yep. some point is going to come. He On judgment day, he's going to come. He's going to separate the sinners from the saints. He's going to bring all his true followers, raise them up to heaven, and everybody else is going to hell. And then it's like that. that is what have faith and wait is basically revelations in the Bible. Yep. And then, like, that's what we're seeing here now. And it's like, you can imagine the old commandant rising from the, has risen, in fact, from the grave and is going to come. And now it's judgment day. And then, so just on that note with judgment day. So the uh, the explorer is fucking out of there. He is dipping. Yeah, he sure is. (laughs) He says, so it says, and this, and then notice the weird warping of space in this. So it says, the explorer was only halfway down the long flight of steps leading to the boats when they came rushing after him because they got held up by people, by acquaintances talking to them. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. I don't remember stair. I don't remember stairs going into the tea house. Yeah, it's described either. as like this little cavernous thing that yep. is accessible from all sides of the road. But so where the did the stair- stairs come yeah. from? Yeah, where did the stairs come from? Don't leading know. To the- exact. So uh, they came rushing after him. Probably they wanted to force him at the last minute to take them with him. While he was bargaining below with the ferryman to row him to the steamer, the two of them came headlong down the steps in silence, for they did not dare to shout. So just, for some reason, it's like, they're running down these steps. Somehow he has this time to get to the ferryman, he's bargaining with the ferryman, and they're still not down the steps. And they're like, and they're not saying anything. Like, they're running, they dare not shout. The silence continues. Silence, and you know, 
that's a recurring theme. It's like, you know, the, the, the condemned man was silent in the beginning. Once the officer got in contact with the religious aspect of things, he is silent. And now in this like weird religious revelation, they dare not shout. So they're running in silence. But by the time they reached the foot of the steps, the explorer was already in the boat and the ferryman was just casting off from the shore. Just again, in the time it took them to run down the stairs, he has been bargaining with the ferryman, gotten yep. the boat. They've li- they're lifting off like just enormous time dilation that is selective. Just, yes. Yeah. Exactly. And then it says they could have jumped into the boat, but the explorer lifted a heavy knotted rope from the floorboards, threatened them with it, and so kept them from attempting to leap. And that's the end of the story that's the right end. there. It's such a weird ending, right? It like feels yes. like there's going to be something else that comes after it, but nope, that's it. That's like the gong moment. It's like, I just, they got the mallet and they boom right yep. in my fucking soul. And it's like, what? <laughs> and it's like, again, it's like, why? Why is this so weird? And it's I yeah. it's very hard to explain, but it's yeah. for some, like, there's, it's like for one, just like the rope, like this thick rope related to like, you know, hanging and everything like that. Yep. And the explorer who has, for the most part, been benevolent and like has yeah. this feeling of morality and justice. It's like, they're trying to hop onto the boat and he, fucking like because they're in this shitty place like he clearly does not think this place is good so it seems like he would be sympathetic to their desire to leave but he also is kind of committing himself at this point to just being purely an observer who's not actually intervening at all yeah Um, and it's like he actively is now he's like actively not intervening in a sort of aggressive way the sort of yeah almost like a malicious way threatening them like yeah this whole time he's like he at this point has undergone some kind of transformation where it's like no you're not getting and it's with the threat like the implication is if you jump on this boat i'm gonna fucking kill you with this rope. like literally like don't fucking get on this because it's like they are doomed like there is some weird funny business stay going on, on your creepy island and stay away from me <laughs> exactly and it's like i don't know i can't shake the feeling too it's like so it kept them from attempting to leap i don't i, yep. I can't quite argue, but like leap of faith like leap of yeah, like some yeah. something like it's like he they won't they won't make that ju- he won't let them make yeah, that jump in this case so i true. don't know what the jump is but i'm just yeah. i'll plant that seed for the readers or for the listeners and then it's like just again this crazy weird ending to a crazy weird story and it's like but it's just filled with it's just absolutely filled with meaning at this and i can't and it's like you can't articulate it but it's like that is and like that is a like wonderful ending to this story truly it's almost unsatisfying but it's it is so much at the same time yeah exactly it's and it just and that's the and that's the end of the story, like right yep. there. It's just him with the fucking rope, threatening them with the rope wordlessly, and like they, the soldier and and again the soldier. What's up? Like the soldier and the condemned man at this point are just straight up like a unit. Like they are together and they're always running together. And it's like yep. them two running t- to get onto this boat to like escape <laughs> the penal colony. And, and then you're just left with wondering like what the fuck is about to like <laughs> I, like I don't I don't even know like I can't I can't I can't even articulate it because yeah. it's just and then what is this the guy gonna what is this guy gonna do with this experience that he had who yeah. knows who knows what the hell is up next exactly like, I I would like to say more on it I honestly don't I I'm just gonna well, let's just let that okay resonate with yeah. the listener and the listener should definitely go read the story because it is it's longer it's like 30 pages or something like that yeah. at least my copy was yeah but it's it's totally worth the read it is definitely 
at least and once. I would, yeah. I think more than once, maybe. But this yeah. is why I think, listener, that you should listen to the podcast too, because now when you go into it, you'll you'll know what you're getting yeah. into, and you'll pick up on like these little details that at first, like, because <laughs> this uh, this is us doing some straight up like analysis on this shit. Yeah. When you read it for the first time, all of this kind of just like diffuses into your psyche, and you don't really pick up on any of it. But then that's the beauty of it. you finish it, and you're like, "What the f-? like?" You know, <laughs> some shit. You just read some crazy shit, and yeah, you just have to process it because it's just like there's so much here. So but, much crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in the penal colony, and then again, we're not even doing a good job of conveying like the mood of it. Like you have to read this. It's like yeah. the mood of the story is just so weird and eerie. And like you know, like we mentioned with like them, which I think again comes back to like the music. Why it's had such an inspiration on music is because music is very Definitely. like related to yeah. mood. But <sighs> anyway, that's <laughs> there. You have it, folks. That is in the penal colony by Franz Kafka. Did you have any final words, Elliot? I think I think we've covered it all. I do definitely recommend that or not not at all. I mean there's so much in that, but like I right. think we've covered we've covered everything that I currently have. I can't shake the feeling that I'm gonna like wake up tomorrow morning and be like, Oh shit, I have like new thoughts. That's the beauty it, of the story. But... It's kind of like an inexhaustible Yeah thing for interpretation. But yeah, no, perhaps, dear listener, we will end it with how it <laughs> ought to be ended, which is just no words <laughs> that those are our <laughs> final comments speechless okay and with that thank you for listening to another wildly successful episode of big nate short story club home of the best short story clubs.